When it comes to zakah, we have lost all consensus about literally everything. Your donor intent is very clear. You're not giving your zakah to pay for Google ads. You're not giving it, you know, you're not paying zakah for entertainment. The effect of a lot of these Muslim scholars have been doing is, you know, oftentimes they want to accommodate nonprofits, right? Because nonprofits are taking this money like, oh, you're doing such wonderful work and yeah, it's permissible, peace be to Allah, etc. Um, but the cumulative effect of all of this is that it becomes incredibly regressive. Um, and that, uh, you know, because we have access, nonprofits have access to the affluent. Do the poor have access to the affluent? I mean, Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to another episode of the Prophetic Mentality Podcast. I am your host, Amr Mabruk, joined by my co host, Munir. And today we have a very special guest here during Ramadan. We have. Ahmed Sheikh, Salam alaikum. How are you doing? Alaikum salam. Doing great. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. For those of you that don't know, Ahmed Sheikh is a Southern California attorney. He writes about inheritance, nonprofits, and other legal issues affecting Muslims in the United States. He's the co-author of Estate Planning for the Muslim Client, published by the American Bar Association. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ahmed. We are. Uh, we've actually been. This is a topic that has come up multiple times on okay. our podcast over the past few years, and. You know, we've been itching to have this episode. So Alhamdulillah, we're really happy that you are able to uh, join us here this afternoon. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be at this wonderful studio at IOK. It's uh, great. It was great to drive up here, too. I mean, the super bloom is amazing just looking around. It's mashallah. It's, it's beautiful here. That is one of the great things about living in California. Right after the rainy season, everything looks gorgeous and beautiful. Absolutely. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And yes, we are in IOK, but we are not. N we're nowhere near affiliated with IOK. So all opinions expressed... In this <laughs> podcast, prior and moving forward, are the opinions of solely our guests and Munir and myself. Um, we are not funded by anybody. We take no money from anybody. This is just a pure uh, passion project that that we do here. Um, so that's just a disclaimer, uh, f because you know this topic, you know, may be a little bit touchy. So one of the one of the things that you've been writing about quite a bit on your Hassan newsletter is the issue of zakah when it comes to Muslim nonprofits. Right. Or not maybe issue, I would say the topic of zakah, of Muslim nonprofits, how they go about collecting it, distributing it, and the policies behind the organizations that, that, that do this. So our first question is, you know, why did you take this topic, uh, <coughs> why did you take this uh, topic on for writing it? Like what, what, what was the, you know, what was the main motivation? Right. So um, I started writing about the things that have been going on, ongoing things, issues within the Muslim community, especially nonprofits, um, back during the days of uh, countering violent extremism. That was around 2015, 2016, 2015 mostly. And, um, you know, I, I looked into certain organizations, and one of them was the Muslim Public Affairs Council, which was a big pro-CVE organization, and it occurred to me that they're also accepting zakah. Um, and, uh, you know, part of it is, well, you know, why are they taking CVE Well, money? Well, one of the things about nonprofits, and, you know, maybe not all nonprofits, but, I mean, come on, let's be real. Nonprofits like money, right? Um, and um, sometimes they don't care what they're getting it for or why they're getting it and what they're doing for it. In a lot of ways, they're similar to people because they're actually run by people. Um, and, uh, and so the zakat, the way, the way they handled zakat looked almost cartoonish and weird and just worth pointing out. 
um, when I was, uh, and, and I started to get more involved with Zika and just, just sort of writing about it. I was also involved with a, with a, a significant Muslim nonprofit as well. So I was on the executive council of the Islamic Society of North America. And um, I was just really interested in, in the organization's activities. It's an organization that's very old, maybe waning in a little bit of relevance, known mostly as a convention, maybe as, a, you know, with MINA, it might be the camps. Um, but they were accepting quite a bit of zakah. Um, and what I understood about the zakah um, at the time was that, you know, if somebody gives zakah, then we just back it out and we give it to poor and needy families. That was the understanding that we had. But then it occurred to me, after just doing just a minor bit of digging around, that we had about half a million dollars at the time, I think, that could be a little bit off by the numbers, but it's about half a million dollars that was not being backed out and was just being put into the general fund. And one of the things that we might do at uh, ISNA at the time was uh, we would pay a first class, we'd pay a first class airfare. Um, Is this something you previously wrote about? No, no. Uh, because we, you're we, kind of telling us a little bit of the back end that was happening at ISNA. And, and uh, so, we, so were, I mean, we were paying, uh, we were paying some, you know, we were pay, we would pay first class airfare. We'd pay, pay for the hotel for, you know, a, a wealthy person, you know, with the general funds. And that includes Zakah, right? And I didn't know this. And it didn't seem like a lot of people at the organization knew that this was going on. And when they did, they were horrified, right? I mean, as, the, and as an organization, it's like, oh my gosh, this is what we're doing with Zagat, right? Um, and I started to engage with the issue a little bit more, just, just, just as a, somebody who, like, it's my job. I'm, in, um, I'm, I'm a fiduciary for an organization. And one of our responsibilities is being custodians for people's literal worship, right? I mean, if you think about Zagat, Right. What, 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 what do you think of like when you when you give zakah, like what's next word that might come to your mind? Like what is zakah? I think for the layperson, it's when you think of zakah, it's like it's going to poor needy people. I think that's a pillar. It's one of the five pillars. Yeah. Five, five, five pillars. But yeah. do you think of charity when you give to zakah? Yeah, actually. Do you think yeah. zakah is charity? Yeah. I, I personally think that's the wrong way to look at it. Um, zakah is a tax. Yeah, it's not a charity. Right. Sure. Um, and if you decide not to pay zakah, you just sort of keep it in your pocket, you're, you're basically stealing, right? Yeah, you're you're going to be accountable. With right. Less kind of thing. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's which a, makes it different than charity. Charity, I can give willingly, not yeah, willingly. So right. Someone, yeah. So, so you're, you're, you want to, when you give to charity, you're going to give from money that wealth that is yours, that you have every right to keep. Yes. And you're, you're using it for some sort of social good. And that is charity. Zakah is different because there's a discrete group of people who have rights to that thing, right? And if you don't give up your if you don't give up the zakah, then you're you're basically you're basically a thief, right? Um, historically, it was a tax, right? And and you calculate it like a tax. Yeah. So so one of the things that might happen, one of my one of my colleagues over at Isna will notice a you know a donation coming in, and it'd be like. I don't know, just coming out with a number in the year, like $4,642.62, right? It's like, who writes a donation like that, mm -hmm. right? Well, this is very clearly Zagah, right? <laughs> um, that's, I mean, he didn't, yeah. he forgot to mark the checkbox that it's Zagah. But, you know, you can't write a donation like that unless it's Zagah. This is something that, okay, this is money that is impure for me. I cannot hold on to this money. It is not mine, yeah. right? It would be weird to give charity like that. 
just you know random numbers and right. decimals. Yeah, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and so you know, uh, the uh, if uh, you know if uh, I- I- historically uh, you know Abu Bakr actually like went to war in part because of people not paying zakah, right? Yeah. Um, if you don't pay your taxes. What, what happens, right? People with guns and badges will come and barge into your door. That's that's the least, yeah. They'll, what free, might they'll freeze your accounts. They have complete control over your entire life. It's, right. it's like one of the worst things that can happen to you in this country. Absolutely, but that doesn't happen here, right? And so then no. we actually hand over this responsibility to nonprofits, and then we have this whole, we have nonprofits doing whatever it is that they want with this. And so in my mind, well, I think that we should, and I think a lot of Muslims really do inherently think of this. If, I mean, if they just sit and really think about what they're doing with zakah, yeah. they really want to take it very seriously. So um, I, I, wrote, I started writing about zakah uh, with these political organizations that you know they might be taking it. You know, fee, they might be taking it because of the fisa bidallah. That's a you know fisa bidallah expansion, which is you know v- relatively recent vintage. Which is this, you know you can just do whatever you want with the guy as long as it's good. It's a good thing to do. Just just do it, right? So if you're going to give to a political organization or an activist organization or something like that, you know like MPAC. If you give the guy to MPAC, um, there's part of me that would say, yeah, that's that's totally wrong. But at the same time, there really isn't a problem with donor intent. Because if you are a supporter of MPAC and you're giving your zakat to MPAC, you probably never really cared about poor people, right? (laughs) So if you are um, giving something to Islamic relief, right? If you're giving your zakat to Islamic relief, then your donor intent is very clear. You're not, you're not giving donor, you're not giving, you're not giving your zakah to pay for Google ads. You're not giving it, you know, you're not paying zakah for entertainment, right? You're not paying, you, you, you might, maybe part of you realizes that that's what you're doing, right? Especially if you show up at a, at a gala where there's like a comedian or a singer or like, you know, nicely produced video. I mean, somebody paid for that, right? But um, it yep. was probably <coughs> you. But, uh, but that's not why you do it, right? You do it because you understand that you're giving this money to the poor, right? And if you're giving, like, from your own wealth, right, and you're giving to, you know, a comedian or a, you know, a singer or pay for a video or pay for a Google ad, that's okay. But zakah, zakah, is, that's special, right? And we're taking that specialness away from it by treating it just like anything else, because it's it's not like anything else. It's something that's yeah. It's something that's incredibly vital, and um, it's a pillar of Islam that we are taking a sledgehammer to systematically. So, what what in people's contention with you be? Okay, I'm giving it to impact or impact, but isn't there's a difference of opinion on where my zakat can go? Yes, of the two two of the categories are for poor people, fuqarat, <coughs> masakin. Someone's poor or someone has destitute has absolutely nothing. Yeah. But then the ones whose hearts are inclined towards Islam. So I can probably I can give money to a politician to lobby for me. And they can help produce policies that are better for Muslims here in the country and help the hearts of all those around me stop being Islamophobes. Or I can give Fisa Bidada in the path of God. And some modern a lot of modern day scholars will say if it's educational efforts and dawah efforts, then why not? So I'm definitely not um, going to be writing or talking about this. From the perspective of uh, of an Islamic scholar, and you say, okay, my fiqh is right and your fiqh is wrong, and this is why, and 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 I don't think that it's necessarily profitable for us to have that discussion, 
right? There is actually something you said in one of your articles, and I would like to quote it to kind of summarize your attitude in regards to this, something I think you okay. wrote in 2021, and I, it, it really resonated with me, so mm -hmm. I think I want to quote it for the audience. So <clears throat> I took some parts out, but majority of it is there. So quoting you, Zakat among, among Muslims in the United States has no limits at all, now relegated to the cesspit of fatwa shopping where just about anything goes. Zakat is that pillar of Islam treated by Muslim leaders with the solemnity and seriousness of a high school dress code, defined more by what nonsense one can get away with rather than the purpose of it in the first place. The practical effect of much zakat in the United States is the affluent recirculating wealth amongst themselves. This practice among American Muslims violates a principle in the Quran, wealth not merely circulate among your rich, 59.7. You will get many fatwas from Sheikh this or Dr. that telling you that zakat can mean almost anything. And then here you say, you know, I make no claims about the integrity or quality of an individual ruling. I do, however, lament the cumulative effect of this demoralizing and socially unjust campaign to anything of Isaacat, which I think like that line right there is kind of like probably your main contention that there should be some sort of more strict rules and guidelines and not just anything peaceabilillah and then the money just goes here and there, right? So um, in the absence of some sort of, some sort of, uh, consensus within our society about what the limits are, mm -hmm. what is or what is not acceptable, right? Yeah. So we, we, we know that there are certain things that are, that are unacceptable, like, uh, I don't know, um, you know, uh, things that are things that maybe violate criminal law or something in, the, uh, in Islamic schools. Yeah. Okay. That's not good. Right. Um, maybe there are practices that we think, okay, well, this is, this is just over the line. Um, but, if we are just simply relegating ourselves to, well, there's this sheikh that says I can do it, so hey, I'm doing it, right? Um, then uh, that, that then we we simply give away our own agency as donors, as believers, as people who are you know this is our worship, right? Yeah. And so when I when I write about when I write about about this stuff, um, and this is why that where the, the the notion of the newsletter kind of comes from mm -hmm. is that we do know that. In, intuitively that uh, praying on a you know a, a carpet that's been uh, that's been soiled um, by uh, you know dogs or something right well we wouldn't do that I mean that's not that's not something that would ever occur to us yeah um, we take care about things like the Hara right we take we, we take care about things like um, uh, uh, we, we take care of, there's this consensus about this stuff. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to zakah, <coughs> we have lost all consensus about literally everything. Um, and uh, I, I think maybe I can take that a little bit too far because I think that intuitively it's all there, right? I mean, if I were to say something about, well, zakah, you know, the idea that it's supposed to go from the, you know, the, it, 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 it really shouldn't, it really shouldn't actually exacerbate social injustices, right? Yeah. Um, that the effect of a lot of these, a lot of these, what, what Muslim scholars have been doing is, you know, oftentimes they want to accommodate nonprofits, right? Because nonprofits are taking this money, like, oh, you're doing such wonderful work, and yeah, it's permissible, peace be to Allah, etc. Um, <coughs> but the cumulative effect of all of this is that it becomes incredibly regressive, um, and that uh, you know, because we have access, nonprofits have access to the affluent, right? Yeah. Um, 
do the poor have access to the affluent? I mean, and one of the reasons why we give zakat to organizations in the first place is we probably don't know any poor people, uh, or we don't know them well enough to know that this would be a good person to give zakat to. You mainly hang around with people that are within your own socioeconomic class. And a lot of people are not willing to go out there and say, I actually need zakat, right? So that's, you do rely on these organizations. You do rely on your local mosque to, you know, on the back end, qualify people, look for people, figure out who deserves it and who doesn't, and make sure it goes to the right person, which I think if you ask any lay person, right, going back to talking about lay people, we're all in agreement about this. When we give our zakat, we, and you know, you're on Islamic Relief's website, you pick the campaign that you want to fund. It's going to go to an orphan in Yemen, and it's $60, and then great. And then they ask you, do you want to help us more by, by paying the processing fee if you're using your credit card? You say yes. Sure. Right? So, you know, at what point... Um, oh, kind of lost my train so of thought. So I guess here, I guess your contention is, yes, you're not going to fight it from a fixed standpoint, a Islamic law standpoint, which makes sense. Okay, so none of us here are qualified muftis or judges to do such thing. But you're saying, look, it, as a Muslim in America, just think logically about where do you want your money to go or at least your intentions yes someone can give it to a politician or whatever else these impact type things and it's totally permissible maybe on the yom al-qiyam day of judgment like you're not gonna be held accountable for such a thing let's we'll accept that difference of opinion you say like in terms of the spirit of the law like in terms of yes there's a difference between letter of the law and spirit of the law so yes letter of the law you might be getting away with it but spirit of the law is like really what you think do you think god legislated or do you believe that when i'm paying this to cat I should. I have two options. It's not like there's no, no poor people. So I have two options. Do I give it to these poor people who need it, or do I give it to a system that is going to benefit me in the long run? Which I think is the, the affluent helping the affluent essentially. I think that there. I, I think that that you can probably take that a little bit too far as well. Hmm. Um, just because as as a Muslim on your own, right? You can make judgments about what fatwas you're going to buy or you're not, right? I mean, there's going to be scholars out there that'll tell you. You can drink beer, right? Um, that's that's a thing. People will say that. What now, scholars say this? Well, there's one in Egypt. It's like you can just look at Google it. You'll find this guy. Um, and, and so, <laughs> anyway, um, you there's there's a yeah, Muslim man. right. Anyway, <laughs> so um, you're you're going to find scholars that will tell you all sorts of things, and you will need to actually evaluate why that is. Um, and what the what the other opinions are, and what you accept as being legitimate or not, um, and and simply stating that well yeah there are these people with these opinions out there we do have to look at things like conflicts of interest we should look at uh, well why why are they doing this why was it this way for hundreds of years or well over a thousand years and why did it change right yeah. and I think that it is it is important to actually look at it because all of this stuff about Fisa Bidillah and everything is zakah eligible well yeah of course there are scholars who have a lot of years of education under their belt and they are explicitly talking about you know Fisa Bidillah expansion well why are we expanding it what is the purpose behind that um, and uh and then are, do we actually accept that because I, I might personally feel and I mean I, I can't tell you what to believe but I would personally feel that giving zakah to impact uh, is a is a waste of zakah, right? I'd probably, you know, if uh, if somebody, I agree. right? I, I mean, agree too. So especially after their recent hire, they're hiring, you know, what's his name, Javed? Yeah, the guy, the the, the Muhammad Rasulullah part was made up eighty years later, guy. Yeah, yeah he, oh, believe, he, he believes he uh, believes taxes kind of zakah, by the way. 
What? Anyway, go ahead. So, um, so that's actually <laughs> very that, that's Shady. actually a very interesting <laughs> point because uh, there's this uh, there's this guy uh, Javed Ghamdi, um, who is um, he's in Texas, but he speaks in very eloquently in Urdu. So he's he's a very very popular guy in Pakistan, but uh, um, uh, you know, and, and people have brought this up to me in the past as well. Um, what happened is that there's this thing called you know Z for D, Zagat for development. Um, there have been there's there's this been train of this train of thought. Remember who collects the guy in Muslim countries? It's it's the, the government. It's the government, right? Yeah. And so the government um, might change their policies from time to time, and they might get they they have they have scholars that work for them, um, and there might be a period of time where you'd be like, okay, well, you know. Um, Fui to the poor. We want to just use the God to build bridges or build hospitals or you know do development work right in our country. That's what we think the God should be used for. Um, and so there's this genre of scholars that then started coming around um, a few decades ago, and um, they started to give these opinions that the God can basically be used for various municipal services, for development, for construction projects. Things like that, the things that things to things that just kind of build up your country, and you don't really need to use it for the poor anymore because the poor are going to, you know, yeah, of course, poor can poor people can walk on bridges and get into, you know, going into hospitals or stuff like that. But for things for the common good, you can basically use it in the same way that you might use it for, you know, like uh, the city of uh, the city of Yorba Linda or somebody, you know, they'll 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 tax you and they'll they'll build build a pedestrian bridge, right? And everybody can use that, right? Um, and so, you know, I, I think that Javed Ramdi, I think very correctly in a way that, I mean, if you can take, I mean, now he's not correct in, this, in, in the sense that he's, uh, he, that I accept his view, but he's correct in the sense that if you take this far enough, the taxes that you pay should count as a guff because a lot of it is actually being used for the public good. It's being used for, some of it is not being used for the public good, some it's used for evil, but some of it is used for good. A lot of it, you know, national parks, schools, bridges, um, trains, all these wonderful things are being paid. So why do you need to pay for zakah? And so somebody like Javid Gamdi will be like, you know, just count your taxes as part of your zakah. You're good, right? In a Muslim country. No, anywhere. Doesn't matter. Oh, anywhere. It doesn't matter, yeah. I mean, it's all being used for the common good, so we're all good. Yeah. Oh wow. So, uh, I mean, and there are a lot of Muslims who do believe that, right? That okay, I'm paying this much in taxes, and and so this might be a common question that Islamic scholars will get. Look, I'm paying, I'm paying like this boatload of money in taxes every year. Why do I still need to also pay zakat? Because remember, zakat is. I mean, if you if you think in terms of you know what it is, it's a tax, right? Two and a half percent tax. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a tax, and so. I'm already paying it and I'm paying it for purposes that, you know, you calculate it. That's what it could be used for. Yeah. So, so why, why do it? Right. Um, and, and so, uh, so that's, that's, uh, anybody who thinks anything can be used for zakah, right? I mean, if you can use zakah for just about anything that's good, the government's doing a lot of good stuff. So why pay MPAC at all? I mean, your, your, your taxes are covered, right? <laughs> I mean, they're getting the CVE money from the taxes. So in a way, they got they got what they need, so right? I, I think right. You, you bring up a good point because the, the contention, I think, I, it was even one of your articles with uh, Sheikh Uthman was, why does Allah even limit it then? Why is he saying inna? He starts the ayah inna only. Sadaqat, the zakat is only four, and it gives you a list of eight people. It's like, why even limit it then? Why, if at the end of the day, you're going to you're gonna count sabida da, fi sabida da, for fi sabida anything, the path of, I mean, what what doesn't count? This, this podcast is zakat eligible. By these definitions, 
It's a dawah effort that goes out for Muslims and we can use it, the money to do AdSense and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yeah. I mean, like right. what, what becomes the limit anymore of any what, who, what Muslim isn't doing good? Let's put it that way. What Muslim is not striving to do good? You're trying to do good? Bismillah. You're like eligible then. Like what? What is the limit then, if anything? Because everyone opens up the meaning, but then where's the restriction? Well, at what point do we say this is not zakat eligible, which is I think is the problem with these definitions, but nobody restricts it anymore. Yeah. They just right. opened it up. And I think <coughs> some of the examples I gave in one of my articles was, well, you know, like the, that one Turkish... Uh, yeah, Erdogan. Yeah, Erdogan. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that made a big difference in people's lives. I mean, you know, there's going to be all these stories of people who did Shahada because of, uh, you know, they watched mm-hmm. a costume drama about, you know, Turkey, like a... Uh, I don't know, several hundred years ago. Um, you know, that's, that's um, you know, maybe maybe the people who are making it are doing it with that intention, that they want it to be da'wah, um, right? They want it to, they, they want to actually put Islam in a good light. Why can't that? It is, it is like, say, sponsored propaganda. Like, if you want, if by definition, <laughs> that's what it is. But it's, 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 it's a cat-sponsored yeah, state propaganda know, it, is the question. Very, it was very successful, yeah. you know? So, right. But, um, yeah, what is, what is the limit? Right, right. And I think what it comes down to is... For each layman, we all believe that it should go to the poor and needy. So this comes, you know, we don't live in we, we don't live in a Muslim country, so we can't just give our money to the government and say I can't do anything else, right? I don't know any poor people. Uh, right. We don't live in the time of Khilafah, where you know the caliph is handling this. So it's on the onus is on the individual, it right, is. to to kind of do their research and figure out is this organization that I'm giving my money to, is the masjid that I'm giving my money to. Um, are they really, you know, do they have separate bank accounts? What is their policy? Is, is the back end clean? And I think for many years, most people kind of took people's, uh, like took organizations, they, they took their word for it, right? Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until your articles started coming around, then it was kind of like, wait a minute, there's something fishy going on, right? Um, so, for example, um, well, I think this can tie into the next part of our question, mm-hmm. which I guess we haven't really. I asked one question and we've kind of just been talking. Um, what, what I has hope been, it's valuable to your listeners. I don't. No, know. no, it is, uh, and and this goes to the feedback that you've been that you've been receiving, right? Uh, about writing about zakat. Have you seen a positive change in some of the organizations that you've been addressing? You've written about Islamic Relief. You've written about Engage. You've written about MPAC. Have what has been the feedback like from the public? from lay, lay people and from these organizations, I'm sure they may have responded to some of your points. So what has that been like? Right. Um, I think that uh, in some ways there have been a lot more, there have been some discussions. Uh, a lot of people will just rather discuss it with um, scholars or get scholarly opinions, um, especially scholars that they might like. So, you know, like an organization like CARE, um, for example, mm-hmm. CARE National, um, they have a separate bank account for Zakat. Care uh, National. Care National, yeah. They didn't do that before. They 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 even accepted Zakat and they said that, okay, we're doing separate accounting or something like that. Now, their Zakat policy might quibble with. I mean, it's very similar in a way to MPAC, right? Um, they say that, well, all of our programs are Zakat eligible. But, uh, you know, I, I might say, well, okay, you're doing a bunch of weird things with your Zakat money. You'll be, you might be, you know, especially if you're going to accept Zakat for everything, um, you know, you're... You're going to be you're going to be putting hors d'oeuvres out for you know at donor events and mm-hmm. you know I'm a donor I'm eating my own zakah I mean not tasty you know uh, <laughs> and, and so I mean this is uh, th- you know th- this is a real this is a real concern that donors should have right I mean yeah. that uh, okay this is something I want to get rid of right it is impure to me right I can't I can't keep it 
right? And if we're going to put zakah into what are essentially mutual benefit associations, yeah. right? And if we are people that, you know, if, if, you're, if care is actually outright telling you that you're benefiting from care, right? I mean, wouldn't care tell you that? That, yeah, you're, you know, care is a valuable that's, organization that's to you, yeah. right? Well, I'm giving you zakah so you can come back and benefit me, right? I mean, why can't I just like, you know, pay zakat to Target now, right? Um, and, you know, have them give them, they, then they'll give me something in exchange. Um, you know, same thing with the masjid. I mean, masajid are, I mean, a lot of them are, are relatively good about it. I mean, not everybody. Um, you know, so if you have like, you know, you have a place with million dollar homes and, you know, they want to do a phase three expansion and, oh yeah, we're going to accept zakat um, for this. Um, I, I think that a lot of people within the local community will probably say, no, no, you don't. You, yeah. you can't do that, right? Yeah. Communities have split up over this. This is this is common. Like where one right. group will say, we want to use our zakat for the masjid. Another one says, no, you can't. So they'll literally leave making a, a masjid with their zakat. Like, okay, we'll just do it ourselves and kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. This happened in Southern California. Yeah. There was like a, you know, they came out, one of the local mosques was doing an expansion and there was a rumor that they were using zakat funds. And then the imam had to go out there and say, no, we're not. We would never do that. So it's good that people on the ground give this kind of pushback because without it, you know, masjid boards will take whatever opinion pleases them in a sense, or not pleases them, but pleases the situation. Right? Well, well, it's easier, right? Um, well, what what happened was it's that a guaranteed income. I mean, it, it is and it isn't because if there's resistance, if it's controversial, people won't do it. I mean, it, it, they'll try to find another way because if there's friction within the Muslim community and part of an article, you know, part of what happens within the articles I write is that um, the activities that nonprofits engage in, they can continue doing it. I can't stop it, but there might be some friction, if, especially if what they're doing is, is questionable, right? Um, and that, that does happen at the masjid level where we intuitively know that a masjid is a mutual benefit yeah. Right. For our community. Right. We're going to if, if there's a you know, if there's some exciting new construction project going on in our community, a lot of people in our local community, they're going to dig deep. And they, they know because, you know, gosh, our kids grow up in this place. It's going to be like really, really cool to have a facility that's really nice for ourselves because we're going to be spending, you know, ideally we want our kids to grow up in the masjid. We want to be able to benefit from the masjid ourselves. It'll be like a place for us to hang out. Right. Um, we're going to have our, our community events there. So, so of course we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to want to donate and that's going to be from our wealth. That's not going to be stuff that we're not supposed to have, but it's going to be from within our wealth. And that's, that's all good. And that's all to the, to the benefit. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, we, we do want to be able to, um, to at least understand and engage with, with the issue of zakah better than what we've uh, than we've been doing, and I, th I think that you know you guys as well with this uh, with this podcast or there's I mean I'm not the only one I think that uh, and, and part of it is that yeah this is the this issue with zakah and how Muslim leaders and Muslim institutions are treating zakah um, I, I think is is resonating with a lot of folks right I, I think I think that that I think that that is happening. Um, but, uh, but sometimes, you know, somebody just has to say it out loud. Right. Um, I, I think sometimes what does happen is, you know, when I, when I wrote about Islamic relief, it's actual employees, right? So, um, it was an employee who brought this issue up to me 
And it took me like over a year to actually write about it. Actually, even when I talk, when I wrote about MPAC, it took me over a year to figure out whether I'm going to write about it. You know, it just, mm-hmm. uh, it takes, sometimes it takes a while for me to actually figure out, do I even want to address this subject, right? Yeah. Um, what will people think? Will I lose friends? Will clients get angry with me? Or, do you, you get know, worried about that? I mean, I did at the beginning. I think, uh, I, I think especially when I wrote about MPAC, um, because I knew that I knew there were a lot of people that were close to, you know, close to MPAC mm-hmm. that were um, that were clients or that were friends. Um, and uh, it, it was it wasn't really that bad at all. I mean, in terms of in terms of what had happened. In fact, um, I, I think that uh, the articles that I wrote on on CVE remain fairly impactful or remained fairly impactful from my perspective. And. And definitely encouraged me to uh, um, to continue this whole path of just just writing because it just it does help me learn and helps me understand things better. Yeah. Um. And, and so uh, so yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, and, and and not just that, but it uh, it expands the number of people who I who I get to know and I get to meet um, yeah. and and engage with and, and learn from. So um, I, I think that overall it's been beneficial. And uh, yeah, I mean, in general, I mean, you know, people uh, people I talk to, you know, my my clients, they. They tend to love my articles, so yeah. So right now, do you have any specific organization that you would endorse and say, you know what, there's a cat policy in the back end on this one? Looks like it's actually just going to poor people. Like this is, you know, I you, you would put your, you know, you put your stamp of approval on that. Well, okay, so I mean, there are places where I I donate like personally, right? So, um, you know, my local masjid has a zakat committee, right? Yeah, um, ICOI. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was going to mention that ICOI's right. is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I, I definitely donate there. I've I've donated to Uplift, which is also here a local organization. Got it. Um, I um, I, I I've been writing a lot this this Ramadan about international organizations or organizations yes. that donate internationally. Yeah. And I would have to say that I personally would. I mean, I I've, I've been doing this thing about like what their domestic overhead is and how high or low it might be. Yeah. I'm still very uncomfortable donating zakat internationally to any of these organizations. Yeah. One organization that I am going to be writing about shortly, I mean, I don't know when your podcast is coming out, but I'll be, um, I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully write about it soon, is um, um, UNHCR. Um, and the UNHCR is the Goth Fund. Um, UNHCR. That's the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees. It is a... United Nations. Yes, Absolutely. So you the so the UN there are various UN programs that actually take zakah. I mean, there were the World Food Program does the the one the the the, the one that that operates in the West Bank and Gaza. They they actually have a zakah uh, in, in Lebanon, wherever Palestinian refugee camps. They operate the a zakah fund. I don't like any of those from what I've seen so far. Neither do I. Um, I, I would say that um, the main difference um, is how incredibly well documented it is. Um, I have some qualms about it for sure. I'm like, some of this looks really, I mean, unsettling in some ways. And I'll, I'll write about that as well as to why it's a little bit unsettling, but why I think it is far and away, and it's not even a close, it's not even a close contest, why it's far and away the best zakat um, for international that is available you say it's the best. Oh, it is far and away the best in international giving for zakah. To um, give to the United Nations. New, not, not just to the United Nations, but... Uh, that particular word. To, that particular to, the, to the UN High Commissioner for Refugees, they have a zakah fund. Um, and it is a 100% 
cash hand to hand. So you give a thousand dollars to them and a thousand dollars in cash goes to a needy family that is a refugee. Um, that's Who's administering this. Are there Muslims that are doing so this? So this is, is actually the problem. Of course, uh, so, so the UN is the, the UN High Commissioner for Refugees. They they exist because of a of a UN convention. So it's an international convention. Um, the the High Commissioner for Refugees is supposed to be there to administer it. Um, they have status um, in places where there are a lot of where are there refugees, with the exception of like Palestine or you know there but there there are some exceptions um, where where they just don't where they just don't operate. But uh, but a very large number of these refugees are Muslim, and so they have a process of uh, segregating the funds. So if you donate, then it goes straight to a bank account in Geneva. Um, that's interest-free, and then from there it's distributed in cash um, to people who are registered as refugees. So these, uh, the organization is paid. F- the organization has overhead. It co- it's covered by governments, um, by and large, right? And then there's these um, auxiliary organizations that fundraise to augment um, what it is that they're, you know, what it is that they're doing. Um, and uh, in, and so you know, there there's there are some issues and criticisms, but they are. Um, compared to how Muslim organizations operate, they are remarkably transparent um, in how they do things. They actually have had Muslim organizations, uh, one organization, go over and audit it and uh, and look at you know talk to people who have received the zakah um, and uh, and you know and kind of checked it out. They've had some criticisms as well. They've they've had some some issues that they figure that you can just do this better. Um, but, uh, but it, 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 it is from what I can tell, obviously I haven't done this, I haven't done all the backend work myself to look into it. Um, but, uh, it appears to be exactly what they're saying it is. Um, and it's, uh, it's a 100% hand to hand um, distribution. I think that some of the major criticisms that you have is that it's not a Muslim organization, right? It's a secular organization. Part of it is, I mean, yeah, of course it's a convention that includes, you know, they, they actually have they have some semblance of authority to be where they are and they have some exclusivity um, with respect to dealing with refugees. Um, the other aspect of it is the sovereignty. Um, and I was talking to one of my friends as a sheikh who, uh, you know, a, about, about UNHCR is uh, he, he, the, the concern that he brought up, actually a couple of people brought this up is sovereignty is that um, the notion that you're giving up our worship to you know, a, a secular non-Muslim organization. Exactly. Now they, yes. that, that's that, that, uh, you know, like, okay, well, you know, maybe the Disney corporation can do a much better job with Hudge, right? Um, Cause they're good at logistics. They'll probably <laughs> do a really good job. Um, <laughs> but maybe we should just, you know, uh, we should just accept that the Saudis are doing it and that's cool too. Right. Mm. Um, and, and so, uh, is it guaranteed the refugees are Muslim? The ones who receive So it? they say that all of it goes to Muslims. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it so goes, to, so the, so the zakat goes to Muslims. They have a number of fatwas, um, from all over the world that, uh, people who have looked at it and, uh, and, and there's a lot of, you know, because, the, because they're not a non-Muslim, because they're a non-Muslim <coughs> organization, they do not accept any administration. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, then, and then this is actually one of the things that came up with the fatwas. Okay, you're not a Muslim, so you can't be. You're not going to be administrator for zakah, so you can't get. You don't. You don't get any of the cheese, right? Um, and uh, 
The other part of it is, uh, well, you know, the, there are two ways that administrators actually, I'm not administrators, but if you're operating as a guy, you get, you get money from, uh, as a wakala, right? You know, as a, essentially like an agent, or you get it from, you know, as, a, as an administrator of zakah, which comes from the Quran. Um, and, and they get money from neither of these things. They give simply cash to Muslims. It goes to a bank account. Um, all the refugees who are entitled to the cash payments to sustain them, they get retinal scans. Um, and, uh, you know, so that way you, you make sure that there isn't any duplicate, uh, duplicate distribution or anything like that. Um, one of the other issues, and this was a criticism from one of their auditors, is uh, um, is what happens in the event that uh, um, you know what happens in the event that you get somebody who uh, who gets a god. Do they actually know that this came from the Muslim community? Because remember, these are refugees. They've been forced to flee their homes. Mm -hmm. um, they are probably thinking that the Muslim Ummah has abandoned them, right? Um, mm. And one of the purposes behind having this, having UNHCR develop this program, is to let Muslim refugees know that this is actually funded by Muslims, individual Muslims, and that the Muslim community has not abandoned you. Right um, now, the problem that they found, though, is that this wasn't really necessarily being communicated to the refugees, so they don't necessarily know if it came from the zakat or from some random government somewhere. Right. Um, and and now I'm told that in at least one country, they started to notify the Zakat, uh, Zakat eligible people that, OK, this is Zakat money. And this is this came from the Muslim this came from the yeah. yeah, this came from the world Muslim community, people who actually paid their Zakat for this um, so that they know that the Muslim community hasn't abandoned you. They haven't really done this everywhere, but they're apparently going to start implementing that's, that. And that's one of the benefits, that's one of the goals of Zakat, is to make this the relationship between the rich and the poor, to close that gap so that mm. there isn't animosity. So like, okay, I'm poor, but I don't hate rich people just because by virtue of being rich. So you don't have like class warfare. That's Exactly. Now. Well, yeah, they, yeah. Like, they're supporting me. I'm not I'm not broke. I'm not on the streets because they're they're paying their Zakat as Allah intended it to be. Right, yeah. right. So I, I, am, I, I feel like Zakat, it should be hand-to-hand. -hand. Um, so that, and yeah, your I, Dr. And Shadi said the same thing. It right. should be literally cash cash for cash. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not, and so not cash for service for you, but like you literally have to give them the money in hand. So right now what we have with Zakat in... Yeah, so or, or international organizations said, I have a lot of contentions with them. What's So, so let's use the one you wrote about, Islamic Relief, Islamic has a U.S. branch yeah. and a worldwide branch. Right. So what's the, what's the problem? They're the same. They're Islamic Relief, I guess... The, Islamic relief, one big umbrella, right? So what what's the problem if I give well, it to I mean, one or the other? I wouldn't necessarily um, I wouldn't necessarily uh, um, state that uh, I would you know go with Islamic relief worldwide or Islamic relief USA. I just do think that Islamic relief worldwide is is plainly superior, um, primarily because of its zakat policy, right? So they've had some shiuch that have looked at the zakat have looked at the zakat policy and they've put some restrictions on how mm -hmm. funds are supposed to be used. Um, Islamic Relief USA doesn't really abide by those restrictions. Now they came up with the new, excuse me, they came up with a new zakat policy mm -hmm. that just is so full of holes that they, they just don't have any restrictions at all. Um, and uh, and so uh, and Islamic Relief USA is a very it's it's a it's a very ex um, overhead heavy organization. So they Islamic Relief USA Islamic Relief USA and do they is, distribute zakat? They don't, right? Or did, don't they just give it to Islamic Relief worldwide? Yeah. So. Um, so they're primarily. in the business. They're they're primarily in the business of 
you could say they're primarily in the business of collecting the zakat, not distributing it. Well, I mean, their main job is just to be like in uh, their 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 main job is to collect zakat and send it to to the UK, right? That's that's what their that's their main job. Now they do spend money here. They, okay. I mean, they're they're probably one of the you know they're they're very big on spending money here. If you have like an event and you want it sponsored <laughs> by Islamic Relief, they'll you know especially if you have an event with doctors or something. Yeah, of course they'll uh, the, you know they'll they'll pay for they'll they'll pay for you know all the doctors' dinners or or whatever. They'll 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 do a lot. They'll go out of their way to uh, to help out um, and sponsor events, especially at events with like the affluent or they'll do interfaith things and they'll do. You know they'll they'll do a bunch of they'll do a bunch of things that are that are marketing related um, as well. Um, and they have a lot their of policy, yeah. Per their policy, these kinds of marketing efforts does that also come out of zakat or is that not does that part of it like a sadaqa fund or something? No, else? it really does. It comes out of zakat. So um, oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Google advertising comes out of zakat. Uh, Facebook advertising, Instagram, all that stuff comes out of zakat. So um, zakat can be used for. Um, a wide range of purposes under, yeah. the, under the way the way Islamic relief handles it, um, and and so, you know the the idea here is well like there 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 are two ways that you would you would handle it right I mean zakah is one is um, the hand to hand distribution yeah then the other is sort of kind of this newfangled programmatic zakah right where um, and 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 this isn't this isn't necessarily like new um, in a lot of ways so say for example you're a you know, you have a madrasa in South Asia, right? And the donor wants to give zakat to the madrasa. Um, they're not going to do hand-to-hand zakat to like, you know, an 11-year-old kid. That's not how, that's not what they'll do. They'll be like, okay, what we're going to do is we'll take the, uh, we'll take the zakat um, and uh, we're going to, uh, you know, pay this, per, you know, we're going to, we're going to give this kid three squares a day, place to live and an education. That's what we're going to do with the zakat, mm-hmm. right? Zakat donor is like, is going to be like, yeah, fair deal. That's makes sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, what you're essentially doing, though, when you when you do this, is well, you have a zakat administrator, and um, they're taking money, uh, zakat money that was put in their right pocket. They're moving it to their left pocket, and then they're providing some sort of a service or benefit to a beneficiary. Um, and that's sort of like uh, that's where programs come in. Now, what nonprofits will then do, um, they, they might not necessarily account for this or tell anybody, but what makes this sort of halal as to wh- what it is that they're doing is that we're just we're just acting as a wakil for these people. Um, and, uh, and instead of providing them with money, we'll give them services. So we'll give them, we'll do a job training program, or we're going to do, uh, we're going to build a well, or we're going to, uh, you know, build this school or this, this thing that's, you know, you, that, that's going to be beneficial to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not actually going to give you money. And, and part of it is this, this notion that you've got to infantilize um, poor people and you have to assume that they're going to make really bad decisions with money that you give them. Um, yeah. And part of it is this, this, this ideology that people have about development that, uh, you know, zakat should be used or money in general should be used to, uh, uh, to develop things. Um, and, uh, and that might be the wrong, I mean, maybe it might be okay when it comes to some sort of charitable stuff, but that, that's a, that's a relatively recent, um, a recent iteration of how zakat supposed to work, right? Because that's not, you know, just to yeah. if you if you just assume that the people that are beneficiaries of zakat are are just going to make infelicitous decisions with money that you give them, and instead we need to have this professional class of people that are going to um, just, just administer take in, and make the administer. decisions and, and make sure that you know these poor people are not 
spending it frivol- right. frivolously. Yeah, yeah, even absolutely. though it's their complete right. If they want to burn it or to keep themselves warm, they're more than welcome to do that. Well, I mean, the idea is that you're going to, you know, say you want to do a feeding program, you're going to put, so you're going to pay, you're going to get a bunch of rice and lentils and maybe some chicken or something like that. And you're going to feed like a hundred people. You can do that. Um, or you can just give them money and fig, you know, they can just go and buy, they can go money, get, they can, they can, they can figure out what to do. They, maybe they can buy their rice and lentils cheaper. Um, maybe they can, you know, they, they, maybe they have something else that they want to do with the money. Yeah. Um, you know, there might be, there might be some choices that they might make. Now they might not all be good choices, but you know, nonprofits, when they do their spending, it might not be good choices either. There might be some corruption, nepotism. There might be some, you know, there might be a lot of, you know, there, there are decisions being made about where to spend the money, um, who to spend it with. There isn't a lot of accountability necessarily. We don't necessarily know what's happening. I don't, there I'm is, not, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a lot of accountability. There's zero accountability. Right. I mean, you have, you have shiuch and you have scholars uh, that maybe review the policies, but I don't really think you have people month to month, year by year doing a, a full accounting of, no, no one does a zakat audit. They may do like yeah. taxes, administrative audit of like an org. But no one's doing a zakat audit. I don't think there's anyone doing a zakat so, audit like like Hafsa does the like the halal audit, right? They sure, show sure. up and s- that doesn't exist, right? Yeah. So, so normally, what happens is that um, you know we, we normally with with nonprofits there are these restricted funds, right? Um, so sometimes you get a grant from some foundation, and the foundation says you can only use the money for this and so, and that's all you can use it for. Yeah. Um, zakat should be restricted, but it almost never is. Um, yeah. And so nonprofits can basically use it as a slush fund to do whatever they want with. Now, we can account for what happens. And this is my problem with nonprofits um, in general in the United States that give overseas is that we know what happens in the United States and what happens in the United States well, depending on your perspective, is just horrifying a lot of the times because the overhead is very, very high. The salaries are high. The marketing costs are high. Um, a lot of the times, they're just they're just shouting over each other, um, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's very high expenses. But once it goes overseas, it's just a black box. Um, mm. And so, like UNHCR, I think they they actually have an accounting for what happens to the money overseas they, they actually will tell you they actually have some numbers they have, i mean not going to be perfect or anything but they have something right and, and, and so you know a lot a lot of the times in you know i i it's 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 pretty bad with uh with american nonprofits. Uh, there was one canadian nonprofit i was looking at it was like uh a um it, it was a uh, um uh one of those frequently asked questions on the website well how do you know that how do you know that the um, the money is going where it's supposed to be going? Um, and the answer was, you need to look at our Instagrams. You have to look at our Instagram page. Our Instagram page shows what we're doing, <laughs> right? <laughs> look, as someone who's in media speaking here, you can just buy photos. I'm not saying these the this organization did it. You can use stock pictures. You can doctor pictures. You could literally do anything. And I put it on our Instagram. I can do the same thing here. Like, you know, it's, it's not, it, that right. should not be a, <laughs> a, a proof. A, yeah. Proof that no, you need documentation. You need receipts, you know, that, that. It, so I, 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 that, I, that's that's the conversation that's, we were that's having. That's very irritating. Can I actually tell you a, yeah, a yeah. funny story? 
this happened like two weeks ago at right. one of these like Qiyam programs. Islamic Relief had a table, and I have things. I have friends that work in Islamic Relief. A lot of them actually. Sure. And this has nothing to do with the people that work in Islamic Relief. They're all beautiful people that dedicate. A lot of them are overworked and underpaid, and they really do believe in the cause. So we're we're, we're addressing the, these issues more about like a policy level, right? At sure. an executive level, it has nothing to do with the the, the common workers. But you know, I. I they called me over and I was just chatting with them and, and, and your article came up that, you know, that, that had just recently been published. And I was like, oh, did you guys read it? And they said, yeah. And I said, oh, well, you know, what did you think of it? And they said, oh, you know, I, I really, it, it was nice. And I just think he needs to do more research, da, 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 da. And you know, they're like, what do you think about it? And I said, well, you know, to me, it seems like Islamic Relief USA is in the business of collecting zakat and not distributing it since it's all going overseas anyway. Why don't I forego the middleman and just give my money to... Islamic Relief Global, yeah. right? It's, it's same $60 here, $60 there, but it's less, uh, you know, more of my money is going to be used, right? And and I kid you not, uh, one of them looked at me and just said, maybe you should just stop talking. And I just, I was like, okay, because there had donors and people there, and I said, okay, I'm sorry. And I just walked away. But <laughs> right. You know, that's the, uh, um, that's kind of the situation on the ground. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. I, I don't, uh, I don't, I didn't really talk to, um, I, I mean, I, I guess, uh, other than some comments that, uh, that come around, um, occasionally from, uh, and in the Islamic relief example, you know, one person, uh, one person who said that he was in development said that that would make a lot more sense. I mean, the costs, you shouldn't really look at costs because, you know, uh, would you rather use zakat money to uh, feed a poor person or, or give it to, uh, you know, just uh, or feed feed a bunch of poor people, or take three members of Congress um, out to uh, to lunch and convince them to uh, to give more money to the poor. Um, and any sane person, uh, you can look at the comment. I'm just uh, paraphrasing. Any sane person uh, would say that it's the latter. You give give money to the members of Congress. Um, and uh, I was like, did you just make that up? I don't think Islamic Relief is actually claiming to do that. I, I mean, no, I don't think so. Right. That doesn't sound right. Um, Sounds like a care thing, right? <laughs> well, I think so. Yeah, his, his point. <laughs> no, but Islamic Relief does do government relations. Wait, what? They do. Um, Islamic Relief USA is part of government. Yeah, they do. They do oh. government relations. They do a lot of interfaith relations. They do a lot of, um, yeah, they're they're they 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 do a lot of those types of things. But whether they're going to be publicly claiming that they're using zakat for this purpose. Um, is another question. I haven't seen that they do that. That's good. But um, but I mean, but again, we don't have a separate zakat accounting. So one of the things that I would like to start seeing, right? You know, I think uh, zakat policies. Zakat policies are relatively, I mean, almost almost not a thing in the United States until a year or so ago. They started out like in the UK. So there's a um, the uh, Islamic Council of Europe has a zakat policy. Islamic Relief Worldwide has a zakat policy, and so they kind of explain, well, you know, we treat zakat differently. Um, yeah. Then, then we saw, you know, other organizations like Launch Good. Um, Launch Good last year, I think, or the year before, they 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 have a, a zakat policy that uh, um, that uh, that they hired a couple of shiites to come up with. Um, not obviously, I'm you know, if you've read my articles, you know, I'm not endorsing Launch Good, just to be clear. But uh, but I they think did. They call them a parasite on the Muslim yeah. Community. Do you stand by that? <laughs> do you stand by that statement? I think that uh, with, with that was kind of harsh. It was. It was. I am. Uh, I, I think that when they are not disclosing to people that they are taking a commission-like structure, 
um, and that they are, you know, it's, it's essentially an algorithmic sort of commission that they are, uh, that, that, that they're utilizing where they can take up to half of the donation that you're giving to an organization that you think you're giving to in charity. So in the, let's, let, can we break it down? Yeah. Let's break it down, right? So how it works is, you know, you can go on Launch Good and right. then you can see there's just regular uh, people that are, that are looking for help and there's like specific um, um, programs or, or fundraising uh, programs that are Zakat eligible, right? And th- they can purchase like an advertising package on the back end with LaunchGood, right? Right. And LaunchGood will put them in the newsletter or bump them up to the front page, whatever, blast them on social media. Sure. Um, And then depending on the time of, like it's during Ramadan, right? Depending on what part of Ramadan you buy your advertising package in, it could be way more expensive. First, first week of Ramadan is like not any, it's not that expensive. But if you're talking about the last 10 nights, then it's like, you know, they may be asking for $20,000. But the $20,000, it's not necessarily me paying them up front. If Munir's launch good, I'm not paying Munir up front $20,000. It's they're going to take that cut from the donated money. Isn't that, is that what it is? Not exactly. So um, normally you're going to keep the money. Essentially, it's going to be like an escrow with, uh, with launch good. So they, they, they pay the charge. uh, You, 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 uh, they charge you up front, but they say that you at least get one-to-one back or we give the money back. Right. So they're telling you that, well, it's if you don't make any money from this campaign, you're not going to we're not going to charge you. Mm-hmm. But if you do make money, we're going to charge you. All right. And so so they so it's so it's effectively that, that whole money back thing um, and, and the fact that they are terming this as a um, you know, as a, as an ROI of, you know, with a essentially a capped ROI um, of uh of a quarter, um, you know, it could be from a half to a quarter, um, a, 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 not an ROA of half to a quarter, but the amount that they actually keep is half to a quarter. So it's going to either be, uh, you know, you're going to get, you're going to, so they're keeping that money out of the escrow two X or four X. Right. So, um, it's, from the it's not, it's account, not, right? it's, um, it's not, uh, it's not an escrow account. Right. I mean, they're, they're keeping it in a fund, but it's basically a money. We're going to give you your money back type of a thing. So you're, you're just, you're leaving, you're leaving your money in there with, uh, with launch good as a charity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're going to, uh, then, then they're going to, uh, initiate this campaign for you. And then they're going to take, uh, they're going to, they're going to keep that commission, whatever it is that you, you raise, you raise, um, and they're telling you that uh, it's going to be um, it's going to be somewhere between somewhere between two x and four uh, x, if I recall. So if correctly. you pay five k and you don't make five k back on your mm-hmm. campaign, they're like, okay, we'll just give you your money back. You hit your f- you, you broke nothing, nothing happened. But then if you yeah. make the ten k, then you're going to keep that five k. And now, but then right. if but you, you pay them, 10K, you, you pay, pay them the five k first. Yes, you have to right. F- but so you have to pay them the five k. So your contention though isn't. I mean, this. But even like if you make, if you got six k, yeah, they'll still keep. They'll still yeah, keep the five k. So you made that. Yeah, right. You made a thousand. But my, okay, my mm-hmm. question would be, um, I mean, isn't that just marketing? Isn't that like they're they're marketing firm? Then they're they're making money they marketing are. most of the Isn't so that a good thing? Uh, there's a few. Th- there's a few issues with that. One is uh, where you know, one is of course this is a guy issue. Well, um, launch good themselves. Like, if if I'm Zakat, I'm Zakat eligible, and I'm are. on launch good. You are though, <laughs> per these rules. Right, man. right, right. Um, uh, and say I'm part of this advertising campaign. I'm paying launch good. Launch good themselves don't claim to be Zakat eligible, right? They don't. Um, they don't claim to be Zakat eligible. And what's more, is under the Zakat policy of launch good, they say that they cannot keep any Zakat money for themselves. Yeah. Effectively, that's what they are doing, right? And what's more is that. 
Um, the two, I mean, uh, I can only speak to, I only spoke with one of them, uh, was, uh, with the, uh, um, who uh, he had no, he did not have any knowledge of this marketing program um, or the fact that, you know, you're charging actually for Zakat, for, for Zakat eligibility, or it's not just the marketing program, you're, you're charged an extra $5,000 just to be uh, on their Zakat page. Um, so in addition to whatever it is that you're be mar being marketed to be, to be, uh, to be cited with the Zakat page, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be $5,000. Um, and so, um, that, that he yeah. didn't, he didn't actually know about that and wasn't consulted on it. Um, and so, uh, there, there, there were some examples that I found this year as well as last year of, uh, of launch good, just brazenly ignoring their own Zagat policies. Um, that they paid for or marketing and and got the endorsement of uh, of Shuyuk to uh, you know to market this uh, uh, to market this this particular platform. Now the other thing that you mentioned is isn't it good that they're marketing charities etc. Now again we're going into this issue of charity right. Um, if it's charity that they're doing mm -hmm. that's fine right. Um, I, I think that we have to also go back to the issue of zakat isn't charity. It's special and we need to treat it specially. Put that aside. Yeah. Um, if, uh, you know, if, if, if it's, if zakat is involved, it's just in my mind, it's completely rancid. Now zakat isn't involved. That's a different conversation. Um, then that's probably okay. Um, but you need to follow state and federal law, um, with respect to disclosing stuff. Right. Um, and that includes disclosures to various state attorney general's offices, um, because if you are a charity solicitor, that is a regulated area um, and you need to actually follow the rules with respect to this. So there are, there are specific rules that different states have that they've uh, they've written, especially, you know, with things like um, crowdfunding, et cetera. There's also um, there's also the Federal Trade Commission. I mean, you think about it, if you go to, uh, you know, try to donate Zagat through Google and there's going to be a bunch of ads. What, what's Google going to tell you? These are ads. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's important to let people who are being advertised to know that they are being mm -hmm. advertised to. I should say Launch Good does tell you that it's sponsored when they get an e when they send an email mm -hmm. um, on the website. Um, for some reason, they have. Um, I haven't. It's been a little while since I've looked at it, so they might have changed it. But uh, they have had a, a practice of simply not telling people that they're being advertised to. So I think it is important to disclose that to mm -hmm. people. I also think that this is this is true. I think of people who endorse um, who endorse launch good or who endorse charities. I think this is true for a lot of shayuk. They're out there shayuk out there who are getting paid by charities who are endorsing things and are not being are not telling people. Um, you know, they're doing if they're doing a YouTube video, or they're doing a video on Facebook. They're not actually telling anybody that they're being paid to endorse something. Mm. Um, and, and I think I think it is important for people to to know that because they need to know what it is that they're paying for. I mean, isn't that like fundraising one on one? You can go to any gala. You go to any even at the message. Sometimes you're sitting there at 27 night. The sheikh who's up there talking may or may not. I don't know. I'm not going to I don't want to spread these aspersions. Like so everyone sure. sitting in message, you're like, this guy's being paid. But I know of Shuch when they're giving, they're being, they're fundraising, they're going to get 2%, 3% commission or whatever. And you know what? That Shuch is brought in because he's going to make 20% more than what the measure was going to make because he's more articulate and more whatever else. But your contention is, why aren't you 
Did the people know that he's taking 2%? Well, the rule is that if, if that is going on, and yeah, you're right. I mean, I shouldn't say that, well, this is always happening because it's not always happening. There are some people who are just in, like, obviously, I've, I just said some nice things about UNHCR. I'm not going to personally donate to them, you know, just to be clear. I, they're the ones I like the most. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they're definitely not paying me, right? Uh, and so... Um, Can we actually touch yeah. base on something you, you, yeah, read, yeah, absolutely. you were talking about advertising? Yeah. And something that came up in your articles was the issue of surveillance advertising and why it's unethical and why it seemed like there were some organizations, Muslim organizations, uh, nonprofits that are using this form of advertising. Right. Can you touch base on that a little bit? What is surveillance advertising and why is it unethical and why is it shady if a Muslim nonprofit org is engaging in this to target you as a consumer? Well, um, I think a lot of it has to do uh, a lot of it has to do with just the uh, this the, the notion of how you feel about being tracked, right? Okay. Um, or of being watched, and what websites you're actually visiting, and uh, you know, just just this whole idea of your privacy and mm -hmm. how you feel about that. Okay. Right? Um, and, and so that's not just an, an issue with respect to Islamic organizations or Muslim organizations. It really just has to do with our general culture. Uh, business culture in the United States um, and the idea that corporate surveillance is actually like a really big part of uh, uh, a really big part of what's uh, what's happening as, as a general matter. Now, when you when you talk in terms of, well, um, zakah, right, that, that 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 changes the subject a little bit. Um, so if I go on Facebook and I get an ad for Islamic relief to donate my zakah, that is a targeted advertisement that is being specifically pushed onto me that's correct and that's what you have the contention with so um so so uh, one of the things i wrote about last year was like if i if i search for uplift yeah right and i'm going to see a whole bunch of ads like the, maybe the first second and third might be islamic relief right um or True. The, the, and, and and a lot of it might and, or it might be something else there might be a number of other things that would mean uh, you know for me it's helping hand usa every time right. i was like doing research to write about this podcast and sure. i put anything to google didn't matter what i put if it was zakat related helping hand came up first right and there might be a number of reasons why that's happening it might be different for you yeah. than for me and it yeah. might be, you know because of because of where, which website we visited or or yeah. what have you um, but, uh, but this, this also goes back to the issue of what's a zakat administrator, um, and why it is that this whole system that we've built with nonprofits is so incredibly wrong. Um, and so, you know, we talked earlier about zakat being really a tax, right? And the function of an administrator is really just being a tax collector because that, that's a person that has the authority to go to your farm and count chickens and I mean, whatever, whatever livestock it is that you have and find out what it is, find out what it is that you have and then give you a tax bill or say, this is what you owe. Right. Um, they have the ability to audit you or, or whatever. Um, now, a charity doesn't really have that. And so what, what's happening is mm -hmm. you are donating to um, your your uh, your your the cost of administrating is of zakah is uh, is advertising. And you're often advertising to people who aren't paying zakah for you. So exactly what are you administering, right? So say, for example, you go there to a you know, um, uh, Helping Hands website. Sorry, actually, I need to correct that. It wasn't Helping Hands. It's Mercy Without Limits. Mercy Without for Limits. For me, that's what's coming up, not Helping Hands. Okay. Make that clarification. Okay. So um, so Mercy, Mercy Without Limits, um, they advertise to you, and you click on it. You just click on the ad, and uh, that click... Um, and, you know, and, uh, as I understand it, you know, pay-per-view and uh, uh, pay-per-click is basically the same thing. I mean, they've just kind of worked it out, so it's the same thing. But uh, but you click on it, and that click costs Mercy Without Limits. I don't know, pick a number, $7, right? 
Um, and so, so that cost Mercy Without Limits seven dollars. Now you decide you're not going to do that. You're not gonna you're not gonna give to uh, Mercy Without Limits. Instead, you're gonna pay your zagath somewhere else, right? Um, who paid that seven dollars? Well, somebody else who um, mm. paid zagath, and their zagath wasn't administered with that seven dollars. They were just advertised to. Um, and, and so, the the problem is that uh, you know you're you're wasting you're you're wasting a whole bunch of zakat money trying to reach out to people and often shouting over other charities. So if you're searching for one charity, you're going to get ads for a whole bunch of other charities. Now, um, that's not a that's that's very different from administering zakat as like a government would. Mm. Um, you know, I I was looking at this before, like you know, we think in terms of taxes. Um, you know, the IRS um, they their budget is about a quarter to a third percent of what it is that they collect. It's like a fraction of the credit card charge fee. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's incredibly low to administer taxes. It's just a lot more efficient than if you're just a marketing, advertising operation. Marketing is a well, very they don't, they don't have to advertise because we all know if we don't pay our taxes, they're going to be at our door with guns. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the fear in the back of your mind, right? Yeah, so maybe if the, Muslims were more God it, conscious, yeah, exactly. if you're God more if than you're that, God conscious, right? But you uh, know, <laughs> but you're still not you're not expanding the zakat pie by advertising. You're trying it's to the same pie that yeah. we all have to share, right? Yes, and yes, you're you're yes. working for market share dominance, and and so a lot of times, you know, I, yeah. I, it's uh, it's it's kind of remarkable, you know that. Uh, there's one thing that's been going around the internet lately uh, about uh, um, Penny Appeal. Penny right. Appeal UK. Yeah, Penny Appeal UK, but uh, you know, it was it was uh, some of it has to do with Penny Appeal Ghana, you know, which is their uh, orphanage was shut down because of some abuse um, a couple of years ago, uh, and, uh, and 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 more, just just a whole bunch of just a whole bunch of stuff. Now Penny Appeal responded, and it they was said the most pathetic. The most pathetic thing I've ever seen. Did you read it? Did I you did. read their response? I it was did. just an ad hoc attack on the guy. They well, didn't respond to any points. Also saying that he fundraises for Muslim aid, right? So this is really Muslim aid trying to, you know, cut Penny Appeal's legs off or something like that. Or uh, it's um, it's really uh, it's really about nonprofits, and a lot of these nonprofits, unfortunately do talk smack about each other all the time, right? It, it is it is something that is it's a pretty normal thing for. Uh, for people, you know, like for example, there's a if there's a charity out there that says we take zero percent, um, uh, as far as uh, you know, zero uh, percent administration on that's our zakat, right. yeah, and Islamic relief will and their their people will tell you, that's totally not true, um, you know, that's not that's not a thing, um, and uh, you know, that's maybe it's not, I don't know, but uh, but there is there, there is unfortunately um, a lot of competition among these organizations, yeah, um, and a lot of it is very unfortunate, and sometimes it actually um, emanates, or I mean, we, we'll see it in the form of this penny appeal stuff. Yeah, I mean, to think that you have competing organizations talking smack about each other, saying, oh, yeah, these guys suck, I'm way better at giving money to poor people, I'm way better at distributing money to the needy. It's like, what do you, you know, it, right. it, does, it just... This, Going back to like the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law, like the, the spirit of Zakat, I feel like it's, this is just gone. Like that's not that's not the intent of it. You know, it's like it's charity. I, it's like you said, it's charity now, which is, I think, a very different way of viewing it. It's not how a law talks about it. Right. No, right. It, it should a be point, a huge yeah. amount. Like if someone's giving you the Zakat to distribute, it should be a weighty thing. Like actually, like, don't give me more. You shouldn't want to have more to distribute because it's more of a responsibility where it's like, no, no, I want all of the Zakat. Give me all Zakat. I'll figure it out. Fisa you know, trust. 
And it's like, I don't, I mean, that's part of the, the reason th- this podcast, like, oh, Amr, why don't you release more episodes? Why don't you produce more? You know, this uh, so-and-so thing happened in the news. Why don't you go talk about it? And it's like, we try not to be reactionary. We try to be very um, focused about the, cer- the, the the guests that we bring on and, and the discussions that we have, because it's like, I don't want to just put random stuff out there. And in like two, three years, I, you know, turns out it was something completely bogus or stupid. And now all these people listen to it. I don't want that coming back to me on the day of judgment, Right. Uh, I'm sure Munir feels the same way. So for, for some of these organizations, I feel like it shouldn't be a race to, to, to see who collects the most zakat. Uh, that, 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 what you were saying, I feel like that's just like a fundamental flaw in the philosophy of how these organizations are operating. And I mean, I, I don't know what, what, what we have to do as a community to get them to kind of shift their attitude or, you know, or how, how they go about things because it is kind of grimy for me to get an ad to donate my zakat to you. Like, I know I have to donate my zakat. I I don't need an advertisement for that. Right. Right? Actually, on that topic of shifting attitudes, though. Okay, so you have your newsletter. So to give the full title, it's the Working Towards Ihsan, and it's on Substack. I recommend it on my own Substack. I think it's great. And my question, though, is uh, what... What's like the final goal? I mean, I know you write for your own knowledge, your own benefit. I understand that. Like, when you write, a lot of times you're just writing for yourself to do the research, to learn, to talk to people. I get that. But... From your end, I mean, you have a topic you're, you're addressing. Is the goal to drive change in terms of these other orgs? Like, do you want them to read? Like, you write about whatever, Penny Appeal or something. You're like, I hope someone at Penny Appeal reads this. And like, wow, this is not good. And let's change our policies because of that. It doesn't have to be completely informed by what you say. They don't have to take your opinion per se. But to be like, you know what? There's something wrong here. And let's fix it because of that. Or are you just calling them out? Are you a watchdog? Like, what's what's your goal with it? Right. So when I started writing about, like, you know, countering violent extremism, I mean, I think my goal was probably pretty clear. I mean, I want this, I want this destroyed, right? I mean, yeah, I yeah. want it to be, I mean, I'm, yeah, I want it to be retired with extreme prejudice, right? That's, that's what that's I want. That's an easy one, yeah. Right, that's, that's, that's pretty easy. Um, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to Zika, I, I think that that is, that is more of a process of learning. I mean, I think I've learned a lot more about Zika these past few years, um, and, uh, and just in terms of you know forming uh, forming an opinion and just uh, you know just just uh, developing just in terms of my own growth on 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 the subject, um, I, I think that that's that's important for me and and just uh, I think part of it is uh, yeah I do I do I do definitely do write for 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 myself um, and uh, and I, I know learn a lot from a lot of other people. I also think that uh, um, yeah it's, a, it's these organizations. Um, I'd like, I would like for them to change their policies. Um, I think that I want to educate donors because I'm a donor myself. Right. And so I don't write for nonprofits. Um, and the way I kind of look at it is I don't, I'm not really doing it so that they improve their policies. If it happens, that's okay. That's good. Right. Um, but I really want for all of us to worship with, Ehsan and, and worship very specifically with zakah, right? Uh, and 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 then the way we give in charity as well, more broadly. But obviously, zakah is not charity. Um, but I uh, and you know I think it's in the title. I think I think all of us should want to improve ourselves, mm-hmm. right? We want to be better. We want to be better next Ramadan than we were this Ramadan, right? I mean, if if we uh, if Allah if Allah like gives it to see gives us to see the next Ramadan, we want to be able to do. I mean, we want to be able to do better than than what we what we're doing this Ramadan. We want to be able to you know we want to be able to uh, 
um, you know, whatever doing with Quran or with prayer, with dua, what have you, I think, you know, the quality of our charity should improve. Um, and that might include, you know, and, and some, some people, so there might be somebody who might just create another hand-to-hand type of a zakat operation. I think that this is, that's, that's such an incredible service that there are some people out there that, that, put, that, uh, take it upon themselves, especially if they're not taking any administration or anything like that, yeah. to go and find people who are in need of zakah and give them zakah, right? I mean, I think that that's, that's, just a, that's just a wonderful service that people aren't doing enough. And the idea that, you know, now it really needs to be done effectively for profit is, is just horrifying. Um, but that we, we as people who are doing this as, our, as part of our worship are, are simply perpetuating... Um, a system that is rife with, um, with grift and um, and has become a racket, um, you know, is, is something that we can do without. I mean, not a lot of people are necessarily going to read about it and think that that's what they need to do. Um, but I think hopefully over time, um, as as people you know sort of have these conversations about zaka, like what are we doing? Are we just robotically calculating based on some? what somebody marketed to us and said, this is a zakat calculator and now give us this money and we're going to do whatever it is that we do with it without you ever thinking about what happens to it. It is important to understand what happens to your charity downstream. It is important to understand what kind of effect it is that it's having. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you, you definitely don't want to be, you don't want to be scammed. Um, and, and unfortunately being scammed is, uh, um, I, I think the quality, the quality of our, uh, of our worship suffers um, if that happens. So you actually, this is in stark contrast to your writing. You're very soft-spoken and nice when you talk about it. But I, one of the contentions people have brought up to me <laughs> right. in terms of your writing is <laughs> it's very pointed. <laughs> the tone, it's very like in your face of this. I mean, you, this is a parasite on our Muslim community. Like that's that's very pointed language. Do you find that that might turn people away, or when they read this, like, oh? He's just trying to get clicks, or I, I don't know, whatever else people may take it as. Have you ever gotten that feedback? Or I haven't gotten. You're actually the first ones that have have brought it up that have kind of objected to, um, objected to that language, to or, or have brought it up that okay, well, yeah, this to is to be clear, I don't object to that. Language. Okay, <laughs> I, I feel, I'm, I feel I'm like passing I, on other people's. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, you know we need we Muslims we're too soft. You know, right, I'm right. a nonprofit. Don't bother. You know, like no, man no, up to your mistakes. Like stop being. You know. I mean, I think I'm I'm violating a really <laughs> fundamental. We were talking about this a very fundamental Islamic principle. It's uh, um, yeah. enjoying the good and then just stop talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. Uh, and so, um, what we're, what's 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 happening with uh, with an organization like that? And I, I, I provided some examples as to why something like that should be regulated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you are yeah. somebody who is, um, and, and I and I, I kind of asked this question before, and I on my newsletter like a little thread about that. Well, what if um, what if the fundraising speaker said that I am taking thirty percent of the take today? And then starts giving his feel about, you know, and then, then starts starts quoting Quran and Hadith about why you should give to this cause. How would that affect your donation? How would that affect the night, right? Um, and here you have Launch Good effectively doing the same thing at scale, right? Mm-hmm. And yet people are clamoring to defend them. Why? I mean, just because they've bought into it and maybe they've actually donated and... Uh, and so maybe they have some confirmation bias because, you know, they're, they're not, you know, 
they're, they're, they, they did something. They, did, they donated, and there's all this wonderful stuff here. There are these pictures of these, these children with wells and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all so good, if, right? If they were upfront about it, would you change your opinion on launch code? If they're like, look, at, forget, let's, let's, let's go the ideal scenario for yeah. you. They get rid of this cat, all that nonsense. Is like, we're not going to bet anyone's a cat. If they're, we're not even going to let you. If someone says it, they're going to get a stamp of approval from us. Like, you yeah. have to go vet that yourself. Also, we're a aggregate aggregator of charities. So when you come on here, know that you're being advertised to. So like, if you click on one, it'd be like little uh, sticker instead of like eligible, it says like sponsored marketed content, platinum tier. And it gives you tiers or something like that. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Would that this change your eligible as platinum tier? <laughs> well, no. This cat goes away. It just becomes platinum tier. Now you're like, oh, this. They paid the top dollar this to be is advertised. This a platinum cat, baby. Yeah. Does that does that change your? I mean, like at the end of the day, like I don't think no, it, it's it, necessarily a bad thing that people are. I I I don't. I, charities I, together. I, I don't in principle have a problem with uh, with people who are charity solicitors, mm-hmm. um, or with um with the notion that you can just advertise charity or. Um, you know, if, if there are people out there who are willing to donate to such things, I personally would not donate to something like that. Right. Yeah. I, I know that there might not, you know, like think about the user experience. If you looked at a web, if you looked at the, uh, the website of uh, launch good and it was like, you know, advertisement, advertisement, adver- everything was an advertisement. And you're not seeing anything that's organic. It's just all advertising. You know, what would that, how, you know, it would just, you know, it, People might, some people might be turned off. Some people might be, you know, that sounds like a good cause and I like launch good. And, you know, this is a really cool guy or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, you know, they might, they might do it. Right. As long as they know what they're doing, then there isn't really a problem with donor intent. Right. You're not actually like subverting donor intent. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Because uh, just it's the same example with MPAC. Right. I mean, do I have a problem with do I have a problem with MPAC asking people for for money just as a general matter? I mean, I have a problem with them asking for, um, you know, I have a problem with them in general. In general, in right? general, <laughs> forget the money part. It's just them in general. We have issues with them. Right, right, so. of course. But um, but I mean, they they represent seemingly a segment of the Muslim community that identifies with them and their politics and their worldview. I mean, yeah. there, there's, there's plenty of people who, uh, you know, there are plenty of people who think that, you know, CC was right massacring all those people, you know, that, 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 that's cool, right? And then there's, and, and, and PAC is the group for those people, right? Um, and, and so that, that's, uh, that, that's total, I'm not, that, not necessarily that MPAC uh, endorses that, but they totally endorse CC. Um, and so, uh, so anyway, that's, <laughs> that's that's their that's their organization um of course i i don't really have you know um, i i wouldn't still have very many nice things to say about it but i wouldn't say that they're engaging in 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 deceptive practices in their donations right um if they use a if they use a charity solicitor file a form with the attorney general right you do that go to the attorney general file a form file your reports um, tell people you're being you're advertising to them. Do that platinum tier. Um, stay away from zakah. Just stay away from zakah completely. I don't care how many shuyukh you how you can you can have like a you, you can have a whole bunch of bodyguards as shuyukh, uh, you know, to telling you that okay, yeah, every, everything is fine or or what have you. Um, I, I still think that that is uh, you know they're 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 still trying to find a way to advertise and uh, uh, and collect money from zakah. I mean, and yeah, if you are if you're mooching off of zakah, I mean, I think that's that's a pretty horrible thing, and I think that there, I, I think that uh, that should be considered worse than calling people who are mooching off of zakah parasites. I, I just, I just, I think that there's fun. I think it's fundamentally wrong what Launchgood has been doing 
Um, and uh, uh, maybe I'm the only one saying it, right? I mean, maybe I'll be the only one that'll ever say it. Um, and everyone else will think no, that's fine. For the record, I didn't know they did that <laughs> right. either. I, full disclosure, I used LaunchGood about six years ago now right. when I used it. So, but at the time it wasn't, I didn't know, they didn't have all these tears and stuff like that. So if anyone's, my friends watching this, I had no idea. It wasn't <laughs> no. like a thing back then. It was, it was all organic actually at the time. And I think and look, I really don't want to, um, I, I, I don't think that this necessarily discredits everybody who advertises on LaunchGood. And I think that there are a lot of really good causes on LaunchGood. Um, of course, launch it's, it's a way to market. If no Absolutely. one is going to find you, like my Facebook friends of twenty, yeah. like what are they going to do? Right, right, right. right. I mean, I, I just I don't think that uh, I I don't think it's fair to. Uh, well, we're not trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Right, we right, want right. people to. We want organizations to adapt to change, uh, for the benefit of not just themselves but of the entire Muslim community. Because at the end of the day, we're having an inter dialogue here. Right. right. We want things to be different. I mean, there are definitely shady organizations on LaunchGood. I mean, it's a pretty open yeah. platform, y- right? Anyone, they, I mean, they, they bet somewhat, but I'm sure you could like get around it pretty, pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, look, there's there's almost the uh, last time I checked, there's almost eight thousand, uh, you know, that's, campaigns that's incredible. on yeah, LaunchGood. Right. There's no way they're gonna. They're, they're, they 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 have a limited staff. I mean, just uh, it's it's not even. You don't even have to. You don't even have to cast dispersions against them to know that okay, there's just no way that they can actually vet all of that, right? Um, yeah. Now they they might vet um, they might vet campaigns for their marketability. They say they mm-hmm. do that, right? They don't vet uh, as part of their terms of use. They're not they're It's just all buyer beware. They don't I mean, vet the org. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, true because yeah. they do. Re- they review it like before you launch. They actually have a mandatory like someone they team you up with someone on their right. team. They read through it all and they be like, oh, did, have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? They'll actually have ideas like, oh, put a picture right. here or move that there. But so then, yeah, they're not vetting the person. Yeah, yeah. Actual they're use. not actually. Yeah. yeah, they're not actually going They're They're not going into the weeds of this organization. Yeah. That's not their function. Right. Yeah. So the organization itself can be a total scam. Yeah. You're Zakat um, Lover Org. And like, that's what your name is, Zakat Lover Org. Like, they're not going to vet that. It's like, OK, <laughs> you love Zakat. Yeah, sure. that's what I'm saying. You can right. you can have like, you know, if I had fifty thousand dollars cash. And I had all these beautiful stock photos and some chat GPT generated copyright. I could I could make my own yeah. campaign and and advertise it and vet it. And it's all of these AI generated images. Um, and I can collect a buttload of zakat. And there's no one that's going to check up on whether I actually did anything with it. I mean, that's not just a that's not just a launch good thing. Yeah, I mean, I just don't, don't use that as an idea worry, to yeah. commit. I worry about that. <laughs> this fraud. Yeah, that's your your whole point, right? Is like, like that's the issue with all of our Muslim America zakat. Yeah, well, not all. Many of the policies. There's just there's no oversight. That's there's the just, just complete saying, lack. We wrote something and FAQ. If you dig deep enough. Right. And when you get to it, when you actually click on the question and open it up and read it, like it's one paragraph, and you're like, mm, but what? Where's the proof of this? Or and that's a very loose definition. Like, what does yeah. that actually mean? What's holding you back from sending out on everything? Like, it doesn't seem to have any rules. Of anything. Right, yeah. right. I mean, right now, going through, you know, like these, there, there are these yeah. organizations out there that um, that really care about Zabiha, right? Yeah. Um, and yes, they will. They will follow the entire chain. Right. They'll go militant in some cases. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They'll go through everything. They'll go through the feed. They'll go through the whole. Yeah, they'll go. Th- they'll 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 watch every single step um, of the process. And uh, and they care deeply about it. Right. But 
Um, we don't have know, that for Zakat. We don't. And it's harder. Honestly, it's going to be a lot harder to do. It's like forensic accounting at some point, right? That's, you, you need know, an auditor. You need an, <laughs> an actual auditor, auditor to go there and yeah. not some other accounts, yeah. but only I mean, for Zakat. I think, yeah. I think one of the things that we should probably get used to, though, especially with international organizations, is maybe organizations that don't accept Zakat. I mean, th- that don't accept Zakat, we should probably like support them even more, right? If there, mm. if there are organizations that say we do all of this work that's charitable in nature, Right. I mean, I'd love to see a Muslim, an explicitly Muslim organization that does international, global, you know, uh, work of relief work, poverty work, all of that stuff. And they don't accept zakah. Right. I mean, I'd love to see that. Um, You know, that that just doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that uh, we as a Muslim community, if we associate our charity with just zakah, and that's it. I mean, we're just doing it wrong. First of all, zakah, like we talked about, isn't charity. But if all you're doing is giving yeah. in zakah, you're an incredibly miserly person, right? Um, and, and so um, if, if, we, if we actually get used to having organizations that, you know, of course, they're accountable and they do good work, if that, if that ever really does happen. Um, but if, we, if they just start using zakah as a crutch and try to get all of these fatwas that allow them to do whatever they want with zakah and then say, well, you know, and then, and then also go to donors and, you know, the sheikh says it's okay, then let me just give my money, right? I mean, I think that we should have a lot more critical thinking as donors yeah. um, when, when, we, when we see this stuff. When that happens, because it's really just going to come from the donors. It's not coming from the shuyukh. It's not coming from the world of fiqh. It's definitely not coming from nonprofits. It's going to come from individual donors that are going to make discriminating choices about how it is that they that they worship, where they literally how they worship, how they give in charity, um, you know, all of that stuff. They need to start thinking about these things. And I, I hope you know, yeah, of course, I'm writing about this stuff, but uh, you know, I hope. uh, uh, I, I hope I'm not the only one. I hope I hope other people will will do that and not not be afraid of calling actual parasites parasites. Sometimes, <laughs> you know. I think one of the things that we had touched on in the previous podcast we did with Dr. Oweimer was the, uh-huh. the lack of imagination within the current Muslim community. We just have a lack of imagination in how we can aspire to do greater things. <clears throat> and and this is something I talked to Munir about before. I actually heavily dislike the idea that there are every single Muslim organization out there is a nonprofit. Why? One, it makes you more susceptible to like kuffar that are trying to, you know, dig up dirt on you or, or come attack you in any way. All of your, a lot of your information is out online. You have to have public disclosures about certain financial statements. Why can't we just have our Muslim organizations be for profit? What, what, What's the distinction between what what what's the benefit that you are quote unquote nonprofit? I don't think it makes you any holier than thou. I don't think you, um, you know. I, I mean, I just I feel like you know some of these organizations, like for example, if if Islamic Relief could be a for profit company, okay? okay, and then they say you know we we're providing or not sorry not let's use uh, yeah Islamic Relief and they provide a, a certain level of service here to the Muslim community and then they collect funds maybe they're. Uh, um, either it's just sadaqah or they're buying, they're, they're selling something to you as a service and that you can purchase it. And then that's how they fundraise. That's how they are making money as a company. And then they have their own zakat, um, you know, policy on the side that it's like this, whatever money that you go into here, that, that has nothing to do with our operations, our salary, our marketing, you know, this exists in its own, in its own world. Right. Mm. So, but and, and, and then now, when, you ha- when the companies are operating this way, they're no longer thinking, I'm a nonprofit. I need to figure out a way to raise more money 
for my operations, they have to be thinking of what kind of service can I be providing for the Muslim community so that they are willing to give me their dollar yeah, for I me think, to operate. I think your answer is a tax write-off because if I donate to, I don't know, Disney, <laughs> I can't write it off as a... You can if you if you have a... If you are doing some business, it's an LLC, you can say this is a entertainment for for uh, my client and you can write that off. That's That's not... Me as a donor to Disney, like a for-profit company, you you're buying a Disneyland ticket. Yeah, you could write that off. And uh, how's that? How's your zakat? Dent? Your Disneyland ticket's not zakat eligible. No, Is no, it, I'm I just mean, saying, not, I'm I don't saying, even think MPAC would agree with that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know why he brought up Disney. I was just saying in general, these Muslim organizations maybe they need to get out of the mindset of I'm a nonprofit. I'm just doing all this good in the world. Maybe you need to be for profit, provide a service to the community, and now you have this. this no, that, this, that was my my point was. A lot of these people are nonprofit because one, they don't have anything to sell you besides like we do good for people. And then if they were for profit and they didn't, let's say they were not, not they were doing the exact same thing, but as a not nonprofit for profit company. Well, all those big Muslim donors, they're like, I want to put this, I want a sheet that comes back from you that says I donated to a nonprofit. So take that out of my taxes. Got it. All right. I give you 20 K. I want that on my, I don't want to give uncle Sam 20 K. Okay. That's probably why most of them are nonprofits. So I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of Muslims um, in private practice. There are like uh, obviously people who make a living as doctors, and then they do certain types of work. I mean, I I, I do I do this estate. I'm planning sure you stuff. do estate planning. Yeah. I'm sure if someone you don't accept zakat, even though you could say, oh, if I have a, a Muslim poor needy family that they need estate planning and they can't afford it. Uh, you know, they, they'd be Zakat eligible, and I'm. You can. They, they you probably can. don't need a state planning. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll I know, probably but they need someone a, to like write know, a will or something. Well, I mean, yeah, you need some there, sort of level of 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 you know. There's some free wills out there. Uh, it's it's uh, it's entirely it's entirely possible for them to to uh, yeah. It's normally normally for an estate planning attorney, you're going to probably be somebody who pays zakat, not somebody who gets zakat paid to them in general. But uh, but leave le- be, uh, aside from that... No, no, I'm not saying that, zakat, like, I'm paying it to you. I'm saying it for you to administer to someone who needs your services. No, no, that's no, no. I, I understand what you're saying. Now, as, as far as, like, private corporations being zakat administrators, I think that's actually a very interesting idea. The way that you might do it um, is, is very similar to, say, something like a... Um, you know, like a financial services institution. Say, say for example, um, like a Fidelity or, or, or uh, you know, Fidelity, I think, has the largest uh, donor-advised fund. Yeah. Now, a donor-advised fund is basically like um, it's, it's a charity. It's not really a charity because, for the most part, people don't actually give anything in charity from there, but they get a charitable tax deduction for um, donating to... Yes. Um, donating to a charitable donor advised fund is, is what it's called. Donor advised uh, it's called fund. a donor okay. advised fund. It's basically a 501c3. And all they do is that if you want to give a grant, like say, say for example, you want a charitable tax deduction um, this year and uh, you don't know of any good charities to give any money to right now. Yes. So you just want to hold it in some sort of a charitable account and maybe you'll give it later. Right. Um, and, and so you can get your tax deduction now. And so um, that's that's what a donor advice fund is. They are enormous. Um, one of the you know one of the things that they can do, and, and this is Fidelity, a for-profit organization, and they have a they have a nonprofit that that kind of functions along with them. So one thing that could potentially happen, for for example, is a financial services company. So say for example a halal um, a halal investment operation. They'll say invest with us. Um, we have a, you know, we're going to do hand-to-hand zakat. That's that's going to be one of the benefits. So you're going to invest with us 
We'll take commission on whatever your investments are. Um, we'll uh, if you want to if you want us to pull out two and a half percent or it's not going to be two and a half percent whatever you know what whatever. Uh, um, you know, we'll calculate your zakah based on earnings or whatever it is that they, whatever formula it is that mm-hmm. they're utilizing. We're going to take it. We're going to pull that out, and um, and then uh, um, and then we're going to do d- distribute it hand to hand, and we won't take any administrative costs for that. We're going to charge you for investment services, right? But we're not going to charge you as administrators of zakah. I think that would be uh, that would be a really really good idea. Yeah. Um, uh, the but you're probably going to need some sort of a nonprofit organization to make that happen. I think for the reasons that you had mentioned was the was the was the tax uh, was the tax situation is that maybe you want to give people a tax benefit and it's relatively easy to do. Um, That's just know. paperwork at the end of the day. That's not. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's possible because yeah. this is this is what other organizations do that are yeah. that are probably somewhat similar. Um, so so it is possible to devise um, a business model that that does that yeah do, do you want to actually rely on that um or you know are there going to be downsides to that you know maybe i suppose um but i think that uh you know uh, we we should uh, we should probably do, I, I think that it's true that we should look at things a little bit more creatively yeah um i i'm i'm, de- I'm generally somebody who's been kind of sour on nonprofits. um you know the, you know these past few years probably just because of uh you know the what I've what I've been seeing. You know I don't know. I'm just uh, that, that, that's that's probably a little bit unfair. And uh, you know because I think there's there are a lot of there are a lot of good people in uh, in the nonprofit space who want to mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. who want to do good work in all kinds of you know in all kinds of nonprofits. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're, there's uh, there 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 is the issue of just making sure that donors understand uh, understand what's happening. Um, and it really is. It's I, I don't think I don't think just. Uh, complaining necessarily about organizations um uh is um is in the in in the at the end of the day going to actually help things it's um, the first step in it's moving finding in the right direction absolutely you have it to does. point out the problem you do have to, to start f- thinking about a solution otherwise if it's not talked about no one's going to bother even thinking about because if it wasn't absolutely for your right. articles i would have never i would have never thought about this it's like oh is that eligible here you go here's my money you know, right. I, I would have never given given a second thought about it. So this is the first step. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is important to actually write about it. I don't I don't want you to discredit that and saying, oh, you know, we shouldn't just call them out. I think it's important. No, I think it is important to call. I, I like obviously I've been doing yeah. it, but uh, but I think that that it, that 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 shouldn't be the end, right? No, I mean, no. I think that once we once we find that there is a better way to do things, we should also point out and highlight the better ways as well. Um, and, and a lot of times the better ways might be from like a long time ago, right? Um, you know, how do we, how do we eliminate, uh, how do we eliminate poverty? Um, you know, and, uh, also just, uh, you know, um, just in general, um, when there are Muslims that are out there who are, you know, just not telling the truth about what's happening or hiding things from within the Muslim community. And they might be, they might be really prominent, um, Liars, as you call them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that unfortunately has been happening within the within the Muslim community, right? Yeah. Uh, we had we had initially talked about that thing. There was a zakat eligible organization. They provide mental health services, right? And oh boy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, um, and you want to be able to let make people think that okay, oh my God, this is horrible. You know, we're all 
well, Muslims, just because they're Muslims, are... Uh, we're going to kill ourselves. Yeah, we're all killing ourselves now. Yeah, because, you know, because we're not atheists or something, right? And, uh, you know, people are people are selling a bill of goods to the Muslim community. The Muslim community are like, oh, my gosh, that's so great. I mean, that's so special or so so important. <coughs> that's, that's, that work is so important and so scholarly or, or whatever. Um, and, and it is important to, you know, point these things out. Yeah, and just for the listener... Um, I don't want the sometimes we have an overly pessimistic discussion. Um, I don't want anyone to get completely jaded by, you know, your Muslim scholars or, or, you know, the the things that are happening. You know, more often than not, your your local masjid, your local imam, your local group, um, they're, they're more than enough and they're excellent in the services that they provide for you. You know, a lot of these, a lot of people don't realize your local masjid probably has a zakat like collection and they're like, I know in the Bay Area when I was there, MCA. You, you could give zakat to them or even like SBIA, another one up in the Bay. And then if you if someone wanted it, they had to go through the entire application process. Yes, it was yes. not arbitrary. And it was for the people local to there. You would give yeah. it to them in paper. <laughs> Here's my application. And then they would they would accept or reject you even. I know people got rejected. So it depends. It wasn't well, just anyone who applied. Definitely check it out. Like, I mean, if you're local zakat, just know what the process is, that there yeah. is a process. I think with local zakat, sometimes, uh, sometimes it could be hit or miss as well. I know that, uh, you know, you want to hear a funny story. There's a local masjid. I'm yeah. not going to say the name because I, you know, I think they shut down, but they had like a, like a donation box. Right. And it's like zakah, sadaqah. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, this is going. Right. And then like whatever masjid expenses, you put the money in. Right. Yeah. But you put the money in and it's just different slits, but they all go to the same mm-hmm. box. <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of the day, you just open up the lid and it's just a pile of money. So it doesn't matter where what, you put what's it. their intention, brother. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's just like, wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. It's all just, you know. Um, yeah, you yeah. want to you want to avoid you want to avoid that you know maybe do a little bit of due diligence just to make sure there's some sort of logistical planning well, going know, on in your masjid. But sometimes uh, you need the right carpenters to build the boxes for you, right? <laughs> I you know I think one local masjid that I I know about was you know they they had a problem where they just um, they were collecting a lot of zakah, but they didn't really have a process for distribution, so the money was just sort of sitting there. Um, yeah. for a long time right yeah. and so so it is important that uh, you, I mean and it's not necessarily a bad intention or anything like that it's just that you need volunteers and you need people who actually take the responsibility collecting is a guy is almost easy compared to going out and vetting people and finding people who are who actually need the zika um, and maybe it means not just getting getting people to come to your uh, to your uh, office window and ask for zakah and filling out an application but actually going out into a community and finding out who are the people who are who are in need of zakah um and uh, and then of course accounting for that and all of that stuff and doing that on a volunteer basis without really any administration or anything like that is uh um, it's 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 a lot it's a lot to ask, but I think it's just an incredibly valuable service, and there are a lot of Muslims that are doing it. So you're absolutely right. I think local is really good. It it actually pains me though, um, in a lot of ways, because I think that these international organizations, I mean, you know, uh, you know, all of them, like Penny uh, Penny Appeal or, um, Islamic, or Relief. Islamic Relief, or all of them, they're yeah. they're not wrong in the sense that there is an enormous amount of need outside of the United States. Yeah. And I think that here in the US there's you know we're we're at the top of the heap of, of a huge amount of global inequity and wealth. Yeah. And I think that and and of course uh, you know 
we have we have a social safety net. There might be quibbles about how good it is or or what have you. But uh, but there's a massive amount of need um, overseas. And if there was a way to um, give zakah to people overseas, you know, you know, I, I think I think a lot of us come from immigrant families. I know that you know with my my mom, she she's from uh, she's from Africa, with the Indian background. She had like families that were she had she knew people that were in her extended family that uh, that needed zakah, and that's where the zakah went, right? Yeah. Now now those people they're not they're not zakah eligible anymore. That was decades ago, um, and so we don't actually know people that are zakah eligible. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's the case with you know if you have uh, you know if if you have people that uh, that you know um, you know that are zakah eligible, that's what should have you know that's where it goes, but. But I think that uh, if we if we're able to actually um, if we're able to have a system both for zakah and also not for zakah yeah. that was accountable um, that uh, you know that there, there was there was really good transparency about it they had really good policies in place um, they didn't lie to people they didn't you know they didn't fudge their numbers or anything like that um, if if all of that happened I mean I would be one hundred percent for it. Yeah, and to, t- to touch base about what you were saying about donating overseas, a lot of the times we do have these mass crises that happen overseas, and as mm-hmm. a Muslim, you feel compelled that you have to give money, and and more often than not, these that these global organizations are these are our only options, because you actually can't just send someone money who needs help in Turkey, unless you know them and you can do some sort of crypto thing. It's very difficult to send money like that. I mean, one time I. There was a Syrian family refugee here in America that came and someone was collecting money for them. And I sent money via PayPal to the person collecting. And I said, for the Syrian family, my PayPal account was locked out for three weeks. Yeah, you can't say Syria. And Venmo due to thing. like terrorism. Right. And I had to do all this. Palestine, same thing. Yeah. So a lot of you don't have another option but to do these. And so, again, we're mainly focusing on the collection and distribution of zakat. And that's kind of our main focus. But this should not prohibit you from going to these organizations and giving as much money as you can for sadaqah, right? Um, because like you said, it's not, yes, we have to pay our 2.5% tax on your wealth, but we have to be generous. We have to. It's not just your zakat that should be going overseas or locally here. Uh, you, you do have to continue. I mean, zakat to, is supposed to inspire you to be able to give more. To give get more. rid of that stinginess in your heart. Like, yes. okay, every year I'm forced to give. Okay, well, that wasn't so bad. I guess I can give a little bit more and a little bit more and a little yeah. bit more, whatever else. And whatever you give in the sake of Allah, Allah will only multiply it. It's not, it's not, you're not losing, you know, so that's. Yeah, the zakat money was never yours in the first place. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. absolutely, absolutely. That's for zakat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously multiplies. But I mean, if we had, uh, if we had organizations that also handled salaka and, uh, you know, because I think that it's also, it's also important to just to make sure that, uh, you know, we, we know what's happening with that money, that, uh, um, that it's, that it's really of benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of the benefits of zakah, the type of the type of hand-to-hand <coughs> distribution that happens with zakah, um, it kind of makes sense to do that with with charity as well. Um, I think that there there are there are studies on this about the best kind of charity is literally giving money to poor people. Um, right? Charity done by like non-Muslims. No, yeah. in general. In general. I mean, oh, okay. in, in general, and that includes charity given by non-Muslims. And so there are actual actual charities that have been set up. That um, that give that give um, cash gifts to the poor, right? I mean, like an organization like Give Directly, for example, that's their model. I think they they take a relatively small percentage, mm-hmm. um, primarily doing things like surveys and you know they, of, of finding out what people do with their money. Normally, 
people get money, they do good things with the money. I mean, they, they'll, they'll buy books for their kids or they'll start a business or, or whatever, whatever the case may be. I mean, normally it really, it really helps people get out of poverty, right? As opposed to like in-kind um, gifts are probably like one of the worst ones you give because sorry, yeah. in-kind, like if you, if I gave like Tom's shoes is a great example. Everyone, oh yeah, every, yeah. Tom shoes is great. Every shoe you buy, I give a shoe away to whoever some kid in Africa. It like destroyed the. It destroys the local economy. Yeah, now every now shoemaker's out of job. You right. Just, you just destroyed. Them. But if I had given them twenty dollars for every shoe you buy, I give twenty dollars to the kid. Yeah. So the kid's like, oh, I need shoes. Let me go to the shoemaker here. So now I've spurred the economy on, and now yes. it's where yes. we have a means okay. locally. They have an expertise, and now oh, I need a shoe cleaner. Now I need a shoe recycler, and I need a shoe. Oh, now we have an economy. Yes, right. Yes. And yeah. that, that that goes with any any of these programmatic zakat or even charity stuff that uh, that goes on. Well, you know, we're going to do a, you know, we're going to do a feeding program, or yeah. um, you know, I, a feeding programs. It's it's it just sounds awful to me. Just you know, <laughs> give, give people money and let them go to a restaurant, right? I mean, that you're you're helping somebody. You're helping somebody who has a small business, uh, or you know, a grocer or whatever. I mean, let let the let the um, Make, makes sense in like refugee camp. But right. yes, I get you're like the general well, population. Yeah. In, a, of, yeah. in a refugee camp, uh, yeah, maybe you might feed people, but there's also an economy around the refugee camp. Yep. I mean, the UNHCR distribution is cash, yeah. right? I mean, and it's going to refugees. In it's the going to refugees yeah, 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 so yeah. i i mean i have no problem giving cash to refugees yeah. either um actually i think that might be that might be beneficial and uh, and yeah of course if you have like an influx of refugees coming to a coming to a area you know what happens with refugees coming a lot of times people resent refugees right but what if they have money and they're spending that money locally yeah. right i mean mm. that might be that might be better, right? I mean, people might like that. Yeah. Um, and, and so, I mean, it makes a lot more sense to give money to refugees, give money to anybody who's in need of money. I mean, I think I just think that money in the hands of of uh, of people, even if sometimes they're not going to make the best decisions, is is far better than just uh, letting NGOs decide everything. By the way, we're not talking about like we're not socialist here. We're not saying UBI. You know, the government just hands out checks. Now we're strictly talking about you know peer to peer giving people money from you know zakat distribution. So just want to make that disclaimer. <laughs> right, right. You think you think UBI is socialist? That's that's interesting. But uh, anyway, universal so. basic income. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, money. The government's taking my money and giving it to someone else. I giving, mean, yeah. So. Okay. Undertones, socialist undertones. Socialist undertones. <laughs> we don't have to. Anyway, I want to get into it. But uh, so I used <laughs> right, to right. I used to volunteer for Engineers Without Borders, and it's interesting uh -huh. to talk about this. So yeah, if it's uh, an NGO is a lot more effective if instead of them building whatever like we we used to do like water filters, right? But when we'd go to a community, we we did not fund it. We like we said you guys have to fund it. So mm. one okay, there's to be buying from the community. So now okay, how are they funding it? So they're gonna they're gonna do their own fundraiser and build and whatever else. Okay, wait, the community ha has to fund yes. it. Okay, okay, now you guys you have the money for it. Now where are we gonna get the materials? Well, if we cannot build it with what's in your village or like a village away, we're not gonna build it. So now you guys have to produce the goods, which means buying from your local pipe guy and your local sand person and your local water person, whatever mm. else. Okay, now you have. How do you guys build it? You're going to be trained to do it, and you're going to pay a guy to maintain this. Okay, so now you have a new new job in the community that learns how to build it, and everyone's going to help build it, and then you're going to learn how to maintain it, and then now you have like a, you've created something sustainable essentially. So mm. a lot of people like want to donate a well. If you look at the statistics, most of these wells dry up in like within a five year period or something like that. They're all empty and they're they're useless because they break and nobody knows how to fix them. Because they're, you they're built not it being maintained. They're not being maintained because you didn't teach anyone how to maintain it. You built it with your own like advanced materials from a 
the actual city and they drove it you know 10 miles into the village uh. so how are they ever going to get new materials for this so that now when it breaks they're like okay well they push down on the lever says no water must not be good anymore bye there could be a bunch of water down there but they never yeah. trained anyone how to like actually maintain it yeah. that's right. very very interesting yeah I, we were talking about this outside. I don't know if you were in on the conversation about, uh, you know, one of these nonprofits, uh, empl- sometimes employees just uh, reach out to me and they had some, uh, they had some qualms about stuff that was happening at that organization. But one of the things that, uh, that she had mentioned to me was that there was a donor who was just upset. He was somebody who had paid for, you know, wells. There's like, you know, the, one of these vanity mm-hmm. sort of charity things where, you know, you go to a, get family, your name on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah get yeah. your name on a well. And they wanted a name on their well and they got a name on the well, but, uh, and they got a picture that here's a, here's a well with your name on it. Yeah. Oh. And then, uh, you know, he had a friend who did the same thing, but turns out it was actually the same. Well, the, the name was swapped and, uh, he, um, he actually <laughs> confronted them with it. And he's like, you guys, you guys just, you didn't build, you didn't make a well, you just put my name on it. I mean, come on. That, that's so obvious. And, uh, you know, this, this woman was like, you know, oh, brother, we wouldn't do something like that. And then she hung up and, oh, my God, we totally did that. <laughs> Dang. And, um, yeah, and as, you know, I, I, I was talking to some other people in the, the charitable sector and that, you know, unfortunately, stuff like that does happen. Um, this is a symptom, I think, of there not being a whole heck of a lot of accountability. Um, and, and we thinking that what's good and what's charitable is what's looks pretty on Instagram, I suppose, you know, um, and, uh, and, and that's, that's, that's about it. So yeah, hopefully we'll be more um, accountability. And, uh, anyway, I really, I really appreciated, uh, this this opportunity to speak to you guys today. Alhamdulillah, I think it's a great time to Uh, wrap it up. We never define Zakat. Do you want to define it real fast? Yeah, let's define Zakat. beginning if you want to, I don't mind, but like, maybe you can, yeah, we'll end it. Yeah, let's just, uh, (laughs) on the closing note, we will (laughs) do what we should have done two hours ago. Munir, just give us a quick okay. rough so definition. Very, very quickly. So typically in fiqh, they'll just define something linguistically, technically, and then we can talk about like objectives. Like sure. Linguist, linguistically, zakat comes from like to purify, yeah. growth, increase. So when you're giving zakat, yes, you're purifying your wealth because it's not your wealth in the first place. It is their right. It is the poor person's or whatever. It's money. It's not yours. Yeah. Technically, so this is the Hanafi IOK definition. The tra- well, not, I shouldn't say IOK definition. What I learned from IOK is Hanafi. The transfer of ownership of a portion of wealth, so 2.5%. But remember, you're not speaking for IOK. I'm not speaking for IOK. Right, I'm right. just having to be a student there. Or in the faculty there. Uh, to, uh, a portion of wealth to a needy Muslim, not a Hashemite or free slave of that lineage, so uh, family of the Prophet and them, without benefit returning to the giver. So this is within that definition. And then in terms of objectives, so obviously it's a welfare system for the Muslims. Uh, you want to create harmony between the rich and the poor. Um, it's, it's actually an incentive to invest because in a Muslim world where riba and interest is, well, usury is haram. Now, if I just keep a bunch of money in my bank account, it literally doesn't go up. It doesn't go that 1%, 2% that rich people do here. It's just zero. And then if you wait a whole year, you lose 2.5% of it. So it's like, oh, what should I do with this money? If I just sit, if it just sits there, I lose, lose, lose. I should invest it. Um, so that's another uh, incentive there. So then you have also like, it helps like the crime rates and whatever else. So if a poor person knows I'm going to get money, that's going to help me to get my basic needs. I don't need to go stealing because I'll get it for free from the yeah. government. Right. So anyway, uh, and there've been times in Islamic history where they had no one to give Zakat to just like to give a perspective. Right. And then the, which actually comes to the argument, right. Is that there has been a time in history where we ran out of poor people to give, and they're like, well, what should we do with it? And no one's like, well, you know, dawah efforts. Have we thought about all the dawah we could be doing uh, to all the neighboring countries? <laughs> that was not what they came up with. But anyway, uh, there are jihad eight, efforts, you mean, yeah, not yeah. dawah efforts. Well, anyway, <laughs> there are eight categories, and sort of the toba, uh, I think it leaves I 60, uh, who, who can go to? 
Number one, al-fuqara, the poor people. So these are people who have some wealth, but not enough to hit the nisab, which is uh, a minimum amount of wealth you need to have for zakat to be eligible for yourself. I think now gold, it's like 5.5K or like almost $6,000. So if you $6,000 in your bank account, uh, savings, checking, I'm going to say, I'm going to be more uh, like, conservative. Your stock, your 401k. Your assets. Your yeah, assets, anything yeah. cashable assets. Yeah, yeah. Take that number. If it's $6,000 or more, you owe zakat. And then there's Masakin, the destitute. So these guys have nothing. They're worth, they have like literally nothing. These, the refugees be like the closest thing we have to that. Yeah. Um, and Amina Adeha, those who, the zakat collectors. But this is typically an official government organization that used to be, at least. We don't have a khilaf anymore. So yeah, a lot of yeah. non NGOs today are like, we. we the khilaf is IRS. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why, uh, yeah, for some. Uh, for some. That, that's why some uh, nonprofits today, they'll say, oh, we only take 12.5% towards zakat. Where's that 12.5% coming from? One out of eight is 12.5%. Yeah. So that's what they're saying. We're the zakat distributor. So we only take this much to pay our admin to, in order to distribute your zakat. It's a very nice one-liner. But, but your uh, your newsletter would say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other one, the ones whose hearts are to be reconciled. So the Prophet said, would give them zakat. So leaders would convert. Because you have to remember, if you convert the leader of the tribe, the entire tribe converts, right? Yeah. This is how it used to be. He also used to give it to someone to keep enemies at bay. Like, hey, yo, we're going to give you some, some more zakat. Or they wouldn't say, maybe he doesn't even tell them it's a zakat. We're going to give you some money. Like, don't fight our people. Don't, like, don't, uh, don't raid us, essentially. Um, he used to strengthen converts. So I just came to Islam, but my family cut me off. Okay, here's your great recipient of um, zakat here. Hanbalis um, and Malikis, according to Hatim al-Hajj, would say uh, it's applicable to non-Muslims as well. And that's why some people say you can give it to like a politician to lobby on your behalf. Yeah, I think that might be the Maliki minority opinion. I just want to put that out there. The Mashur, I don't think. Uh, uh, sure. I, don't, I don't think so. So anyway, uh, I'm not an authority, but it's it's uh, typically said that by scholarly consensus, this category no longer is applicable since the time of Abu Bakr. Like they, they cut this off. And I think there's a story with like Omar, um, the second caliph. They, they came up to him, and uh, they're like. They said, oh, where's our zakat? He's like, get out of here. I'll, I'll kill you. Like, otherwise, right? And they're like, they're like, what? What are you talking about? They went to Abu Bakr. Like, hey, like, what happened to that zakat you used to give us? He's like, what do you mean? Almost said we can't get it anymore. And he's like, oh, they're to kill us. He's like, oh, if you said it, well, then that's it. <laughs> um, and then you have number five, Firriqab, so uh, freeing slaves. We don't, there are some orgs that claim they're, they're freeing slaves. And like, yes, there's, there is modern day slavery. Uh, but I think that's a lot tougher for us here in the West. So maybe like <laughs> moving beyond that. What if you have a mortgage? That's kind of yeah, slavery to the state. Yeah, I'm a slave. I put a slave to corporate America. Am I allowed to receive zakat? And mean the a person whose debt takes him below the nisab. So he actually has money. So maybe my account says six thousand, but I owe my friend ten thousand. So really, I don't have access to that full six thousand right now. I need to be paying him monthly and whatever else. So don't like people are like oh my house is a thousand hundreds a thousand dollars they cat so i can't ever pay it no no that's not how it works no no <laughs> that debt is is uh, you're paying take your monthly payment if you'd like and subtract it from your bank account that's that's okay but not the whole entire worth because that's not what to do on you today yeah um then number seven fisa be that which is its own discussion but historically it has always been fighting physical fighting um the prophet said them opened it up to even hedge he, there's a there's a hadith like a woman had a camel or her husband had a camel he dedicated it for Sibi to it was supposed to go to war but the husband died and then the Prophet came back and turned and was like oh why don't you come do Hajj with us she said well I would have but my husband dedicated the camel to, to fighting not for Hajj so we didn't want to use it like that he's like no uh, Hajj is Sibi for you so that's where you get these differences of opinion mm, coming out of okay. then others would say well he only opened it up to that not everything so that's where you get 
difference of opinion. Uh, and then the final one, Ibn Sibius is some guy who's traveling. He doesn't, he has money, but he doesn't have access to his account right now because he's stuck in your country and he cannot get access to his bank account. So he just needs money to travel back to where he is and he'll be good now. So you're paying your plane ticket essentially. Got it. Okay. So that's the, that's the uh, eight okay. categories. Well, did you have any final closing statements for us, Ahmed, or were you good? I think uh, I think I'm Did good. I exhaust yeah. everything out of you. I, you know, just it's uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to talk to you. It's a blessed uh, blessed day, and uh, we've, I know we've all been we've all been fasting and talking. So, um, yeah. okay. hopefully, this was valuable to your listeners and uh, made it a better. Yes. Um, I was able to contribute in some small way. Jazakallah khair. Okay, then with that, okay. this is Amr Mabruk with the Prophetic Mentality Podcast signing off. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam.